Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ford, joined by my co-host, Kia. Hey, Kia. You know my name is Kia Lisi now. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I am joined by the mother of Draftons, Kia Lisi herself. (laughs) That is right. Queen. That is right. Bow down, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) And we're also joined by some illustrious guests from the Latinx delegation, Martine. How's it going, everybody? Buenas noches. What? I said buenas noches, sir, Martin. Buenas noches. And that voice you hear is from the uh, Jewish delegation, Adam. Shalom. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And yeah, we're gonna you know we're gonna talk about we're gonna do a little free form this week. We don't have a lot of racial draft business because season two is still a couple of weeks away. Uh, at this point, that we kick off season two on December sixth, so we're still in the preamble. We're still getting to talk about. I guess sorry, December seventh technically, but um, the day that first... was in for me. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> But um yeah we're gonna you know so but we're gonna just kind of talk about what's happening in the world of the world of nerd news and maybe through the lens of our our particular angles of racial draftery. Uh, I'm gonna jump into the first story. This one dropped at the beginning of last week that um there is a new show coming to the CW network, and mm-hmm. it's about a new character called Wonder Girl. Love it. Um, Yara mm-hmm. Flor. Yara Flores, right? Yara Flora? Yeah, Yara Flora. Yara Flora. Uh, She is, uh, she will be, he has not yet been introduced in the comics, but she will be introduced this uh, early 2021 as uh, the future state Wonder Woman. And and there are rumors that she's going to be introduced in the comics after that as Wonder Girl uh, in the present day. And her series is going to be Wonder Girl. Is this the first time in history this has happened that a that a show has been greenlit for a character before they ever even appeared in the comic book? Um, you mean when when they were plans to to have the character in the book? Right. Like, have they ever done this before? Where they were like announce a TV show for a character before they even made it into the comic? I mean, it's possible that they have. Like, you know, there are a fair number of characters, especially from CW, that debuted on shows. And, um, you know, I mean, I know, for instance, like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters, mm-hmm. they, you know, Coulson wasn't a character in the comics, but then he became a character in the comics. That, that's true. But was this character created to be on a TV show? And then they said, let's put her in the comics, because it seems to me the idea was that she was going to be a comics character first. And then they had the idea for the TV show. But I have no idea. I mean, my guess would be that it was that there was a certain amount of synergy yeah my guess would be that they knew that they were thinking about doing something in the wonder 
universe because a lot of people had been asking for a Wonder Woman style show. And they maybe they kicked around the idea of doing, you know, Cassie Sandsmark, but from a diversity standpoint, they thought, you know, do we need another show about a, a, a young blonde white girl? And yeah. and they and they said, well, we're thinking about doing a, you know, having a Latinx Wonder Woman in the comics. Perfect, you know, <laughs> the well, the, you know, the exec the executives. I it's it's weird, and I don't want to talk over Martine or <laughs> um, thank you or mother of of, uh, <laughs> but um, thank you, thank you. You know, with the Green Lantern show, and I'm sure you're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I was surprised when they put out the press release for that because I think a lot of us were expecting, much like this Wonder Girl show, that they would say, oh, well, this is going to be about Jessica and Simon or maybe some other. But it, but when they announced it, it was all like our standard kind of lanterns that we already have. And I, I thought that was a little bit odd. I thought really we were going to see an announcement pushing those those kind of characters to the forefront. So I'm happy about this this Wonder Girl show that we're going to get this representation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I'm not just for the simple fact of like, you know, I get it, like the Wonder Woman like outfit and all, but like, can't they like modernize it now and like yeah. maybe give her like an Ivy Park outfit or something? I was, kind of, <laughs> I, I was really pissed off at that, but I did not make my feelings known on social media because I know how social media can do. I was like, can this lady not have pants or like, why? Yeah, like seriously, like, like something like athletic wear. Like, like that's gave, what we're in now. Yeah, they gave the new Superman like a full body suit. So and, my guess, my yeah, guess is that when really we nice see. Too. So, so, so I have two things. I have two things. My guess is that when we, when we see the, the show, they'll make the, 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 the outfits more practical in general. But you know um, they won't because the and, and she's a girl. She's not even a woman. Like, can we please put her in some athleisure wear? Even yeah, even her look just in the comics, what it's gonna look yeah, like. Yeah, it's and, very sexualized. I'm like, sexualized. why does she have why do these women characters keep having to wear these short skirts that look like there's no underwear underneath? You know, and, and like mm-hmm. it's like the men get these full body suits and the women are out there fighting in impractical Yeah, outfits. exactly. And they get scarred up easily, but yet they have to show their skin. Right. Like, I mean, it makes no sense. Yes, I agree with you. I I'm not gonna fight this. I I I, I think Martinez. Martinez. I think you're like, I think oh. you're 100 right. However, however, I mean, she she is from Brazil. It's what a little warmer. In Brazil. It's a little warmer in Brazil. That, that means that means. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter whether it's a woman in Brazil, she can still wear Ivy Park. Right. <laughs> I'm just trying to like incorporate that. <laughs> What's up, B? What, are you being sponsored by Ivy Park? Do we need to have a conversation? <laughs> okay, the secret in the business? out. I got a call from Beyonce. Um, and yeah, mm. I now sponsor Ivy Park. All right. Well, can I get for that? <laughs> listeners, listeners, continue to donate to our Patreon, regardless <laughs> okay. of our and Ivy PM. Park. Regardless of our Ivy Park sponsorship, because I don't think he is sharing that with the podcast. But, um, yeah, he's about to drop her cash app, you know, in the chat. Yeah, I'm about to drop my cash app. It's called Kia Lisi. But um, no, I mean, but and, and all that is true. But I, I do think that there's there's a certain we we talked about this before when there was were a lot of rumors going around about uh, DC, uh, you know, being wound up after the AT and T purchase. 
um, there was a lot of sense that DC was going to be a breeding ground for IP um, in live action. And we're starting to see that play out. You know, we're starting to see these comic characters, this kind of synergy we're talking about of, you know, one, both Wonder Girl uh, being introduced and this Wonder Girl live action series. And oh. when we talk about Green Lantern, we'll talk about that too. The the idea, and and, and, and actually, if we want to talk about, you know, Batgirl, um, sorry, not Batgirl, Batwoman, uh, the fact that they introduced Ryan Wilder uh, in the comics, I think that there's there's probably going to be a lot more of a, of a synergy between what we see in these various uh, live action um, adaptations and what we see in the books well, to a greater extent. Here's why Future State was such a good idea and these characters. DC has screwed up two thing, two major things as a company in the last decade. One of them was trying to catch up to Marvel and replicate what Marvel did in the films and then trying to do it too quickly and failing. The other thing was in the comic books, they were not able to replicate Marvel in what Marvel did with their new generation of new characters. Right. Like Ms. Marvel and Miles and Sam and Viv and Riri and Kate and all of those people. They mm-hmm. tried to do it with their younger characters. You know, we'll have a Lobo daughter, we'll have this, we'll have these kid lanterns. But it didn't it didn't grab hold like they wanted it to. And Naomi didn't grab hold like they thought Naomi would. So now they have this fresh slate of these new younger characters to start with that people can jump in from the beginning, that they can get invested with, that they can see on television shows. So what they did, what you were saying with the IP is smart. They're creating essentially a new DC universe. Not, you know, this isn't the DC your grandparents knew, right? So it's not Superman and, and Batman. It's these new characters that are for you, for your generation, that, that you know, resonate in you, that you'll see on TV, that you'll see in the comics, that you'll see in other media. And I think that what they're doing with this is very smart, starting fresh, because things they've tried haven't worked. So instead right. of trying to duplicate Marvel and mimic Marvel, do something different and create a new slate of characters. So I, I really am looking forward to it as somebody who doesn't read DC, I'm a Marvel reader. I don't read mm-hmm. for the first time. I'm going, you know what? I think I'm going to jump in on the beginning of these comics and get to know these characters. Right. Well, and you know, I have a question. sure. Oh, sorry. No, go I for it. Kim. Adam. Um, yeah. What kind of new characters would you like to see that you think that our time needs? Well, I think that we need characters that, that represent society outside our window. I think we need, um, gender you know a- anywhere on the spectrum of gender in terms of characters and sexuality and race but also to not make those things what the character is about like in society you know real people their gender or their sexuality is not about it so i just want to see like verisimilitude i want to mm-hmm. see a reflection of reality in the characters ones that people can connect with and that that's, that actually uh, like, segues nicely. Kind of Wait, no, Kia. Let me let me segue to the this other story that Go broke ahead. a couple Go days ahead. ago. There, there's there is actually a, a new character that's going to be added to the Flash mythos, um, a non-binary Flash. That's great. Called uh, Kid Quick. Um, we don't know a lot of details about the character. Mm-hmm. 
that character is going to be introduced in the comics first, and I believe as part of future future state. Um, it's not hard to do if you look at Star Trek Discovery. Adira is a great new addition, a great character, a non-binary character, and it, it works with the show. It, it, it it's time we need stuff like this, right? Especially any any thing that takes that involves sort of time travel and the future and um you know societies that are are maybe a little bit more advanced than ours that seems like the perfect place for that kind of uh gender diversity if let alone um you know racial and ethnic diversity you know if we have to see a future that we're hopeful to get to In, in in movies and television there has been this this real trend over, I would say, maybe the last 20 years, that movies that depict the future are usually dystopian or, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah, very bleak. And I think that we need a future that we can be hopeful for, where it was like Star Trek, right? Mm -hmm. Where we we saw a future that represented what we thought we could be, the best of us. And that's what I want to see in these new characters and this new universe that they're creating. Right, I agree. So, so yeah, I mean, there aren't, like I said, there's not a lot of details about the Kid Quick character. I don't think we even know who the Kid Quick. Martin, do you know? If, do we know the Kid Quick's character secret identity? Not to my knowledge, no. Okay, so it's 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 going to be a. Well, you know, we'll have to stay tuned as you know the character uses they them pronouns um, mm-hmm. at the at the moment. Well, but here's the thing. We, you know, with gender, uh, like it says they're non-binary, right? Right. So you can have your preferred pronouns that don't necessarily relate to your specific how you identify in gender. That's so, true. Well, no, you, I, like, like, you know, Star Trek Discovery, Adira is a she, but we know it's also a non-binary character. So I'm, I'll be curious to see. And it teaches people, right? Mm-hmm. Michael, I mean, this is what you want. Like, you say this... Comic books instruct society. So it's not just that they these people need to be represented. It's that when people read the comic books, they're learning about how I relate to people like this or what I should call them or mm-hmm. they're learning from the comic book. Yeah, that's a really good point. So I think Superman should be non-binary. Well, it wouldn't be Superman, right? At that point, it would be... It would be just super. Right. Super. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of yeah, some of the names, some of the superhero names are so gender binary that <laughs> like yeah. I mean, we can have a non-binary, non-binary Green super Lantern. Them. No, you can have super them. No, I mean, <laughs> you can have a you can have a non-binary Green Lantern or well, non-binary you know, Flash because there's no Superman is Superman is a perfect example of the things that we talk about in the racial draft about how much of about a character changes when you change who they are. And I will see a lot of people saying, oh, well, this character doesn't have to be white or because it, it, but then you'll say to that same person, okay, so then you're okay with Superman being five foot three and blonde. And they're like, oh no, he has to look like the Superman in the comic. You know, like they'll say, well, he can be anything. He doesn't have to be white. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, let's keep him white, but let's make him five foot three and blonde. They're like, no, that's not Superman. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, nothing about the character would change. Like one thing that we, well, I disagree as a short. Well, I mean, that, okay. <laughs> I, 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 that is an exaggeration. <laughs> but in essence, if Superman was five foot three and blonde, 
but had all the same powers and abilities and strengths and everything, it, there's not a lot about the essence of the character. Yeah, I, I would still let him do me. I think that we've talked about this with regard. <laughs> we talked about this with regard to Wolverine, Adam. Like there is something fundamental about having superpowers and being little, as opposed to having superpowers and being big. Okay. You know yes. that people would treat you differently. Yeah. Like if Superman was like, let's say Superman was fat, right? But he still had all the powers. Fat. Oh my God, can we get like you a know, drunk they might... Superman? That'd be like awesome, like a you drunk know... Superman that just gave, like, just let go, <laughs> let go of himself. I agree. Oh well, yeah, right. I well, I, I think awesome. that, you know, with Superman, the, the advantage he has over Wolverine is you can't f with Superman. So right, if he was five foot three and blonde, you could tease him all you want, but good luck because he's gonna shoot you with his eye beams. You know? Right, but no, but but remember, he'd still have Superman's personality, right? Right. So he's not. He's you know he's he just have to he just put up with the abuse. You know he was sort of right. like people. Other characters would be would make snide comments about him, like if. Right. Kent. Like the weird thing about Clark Kent is that Clark Kent's still a like six foot five yoked up farm boy, <laughs> like he's, you know, who just happens to who happens to carry himself in like a a nerdy you know goofy kind of way. But if he was actually nerdy, I mean, one of the things you know we talked about this like as far as like Marvel fans versus DC fans, you know, like Peter Parker, especially old school Peter Parker, was was the geek that Clark Kent was pretending to be, you know, like he, he is like what, five foot nine and kind of scrawny and, um, the guy who would get picked on, but he has all these superpowers. I would say that in a lot of ways, he's that, he's that diversity that we're talking about. And it's almost, it's almost even worse for him because at least Peter Parker is clever and humorous. Like Clark doesn't even have that going for him. That's true. You know, like if Peter, I mean, if if Superman were Jimmy Olsen, let's say, right? You know, his his life would be a lot different. So, and and so, but but all that being said, that's why it's so important when we when we're doing the racial draft and we're thinking about kind of reimagining these characters. Think about what things. Are, are so essential to the character that shouldn't change and, and certain things that if they did change would make the character perhaps better. You know, yeah. one of the things that I did like about the, um, you know, about the casting of, of, of uh, Superman as the part of the Latinx delegation is that you do have a lot of white passing Latinx people, you know, and yeah. for better or worse, right? You know, sometimes that means that they can absorb privilege and move through the world and and not care about people who are you know worse off. But it you know, it also means that they have access to to places that they um, that other uh, people of color don't have. Well, you know that that's always a we talk right. This always comes <laughs> up about when people try to spin that. Superman was an immigrant. He was a refugee. He was a, you know, and mm-hmm. they, it's almost like they do that as like an ally and they start talking about these Jewish creators, mm-hmm. create, right? And, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay. Superman is a gorgeous, 
handsome white man from the heart <laughs> of America with all the privilege in the world. So yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you start putting, put, trying to put this narrative onto Superman, he represents refugees, he represents the, no. He's, he's like the most privileged guy in society. Refugees and, are still hot. And that's right. <laughs> and, and that's what those suiciders were doing. They were creating a hero, somebody to stand up for them, somebody they wish they yeah. could be. They weren't trying to say he's like us. He's trying to say this is who we wish our hero is, who we wish we could mm -hmm. be in society, how society would see us and how we could help people. But to try to like, oh, he was just a poor refugee. Okay. He's a gorgeous, handsome white man who gets all the ladies and the jobs and whatever. He's not a refugee. Adam, so do you though. Come yeah. on. Like, you're talking about yourself. <laughs> but um, I mean that's a no, that's a really good point. But I do wonder if a big part of that is that it you know, it's no secret that in the last, you know, let's say twenty years, Batman has become the the character that DC and a lot of DC's fans gravitate to. And there's a, there are a lot of people that feel creatively that Superman's not relatable in the way that, in the way that yeah. they'd like him to be, in the way that a lot of Marvel characters are. Well, and that, that's DC's fault, not Superman's fault. Sure, but I think, that, I think that there are people who want to make Superman more relatable, and they use the language of, of the modern... Um, you know these modern conceptions to to try to say this is someone who's a champion of the downtrodden, but not just a champion of the down, downtrodden um, is can be among the downtrodden from a certain point of view. Yeah. And while while I agree, it doesn't really hold up to scrutiny. <clears throat> I appreciate the idea that you know we've talked about this with regard to America Chavez that you know this is a character that better kind of reflects those prejudices and and but 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 as a superhero that that is of the of that pe of the people here's where i take slight <laughs> issue here's where i take a little bit of an issue not is that with superman in order to portray the best of us in order to portray somebody that believes in truth and justice and equality and freedom they don't need to be portrayed as a champion of the downtrodden of an immigrant or a refugee. They just need to be portrayed as somebody who believes in truth and justice and society and the best of us and what we should strive for. And so when you start putting that immigrant or refugee or champion of the downtrodden, then you start to play into all the social games and all the things that we have affecting us in society when really he should just be a beacon of hope and represent the everyman and represent everybody. And it's just that DC and writers have forgotten how to put heart, to put heart into the character to, to show us that. And even in the movies, the movies too. So I don't think that he has to be a refugee or an immigrant or a champ. He just has to be a symbol of something. Interesting. Well, before before I, I respond, we have a we have a guest, someone new to the community, uh, Carlos, representing the Latinx delegation. Uh, just tell the people a little bit about yourself, Carlos. 
Hey, how's it going? My name's Carlos. Uh, I'm from Chicago. I'm Puerto Rican. Um, it's my 37th birthday today. Oh, happy uh, birthday, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs> and you're and you're spending it with us. That is amazing. <laughs> so just to bring you and I'm here for the Latinx. Sing uh, for him. Happy birthday. Go. Start, Mike. Start we, it off. We, we don't want to pay royalties for the happy birthday song, so we'll, we'll Nobody just... owns that song. They own, oh, own no, that song. No, it, it's, it, there's a whole thing. There's a whole yeah. thing. But, yeah. but just, to, just to bring you up to speed, we were talking about um, uh, Superman and you know the idea of Superman as either... Um, you know, as you know, in, in season one, the Latinx delegation drafted Superman and they, um, you know, talked about kind of the immigrant narrative. And, you know, I had said that because there are, you know, white passing Latinx or white or even white Latinx people, you know, the idea of Superman as, you know, as Latino um, could work um, even even kind of with this with the same illustration as as it were um but you know adam made an interesting point about the fact that a lot of the rhetoric about superman as a refugee and as an immigrant um is almost appropriative in the sense of making this guy who is you know a handsome uh tall uh somewhat priv very privileged middle american white guy trying to make him seem down so to speak um and you know i didn't know if you had any thoughts about that i think that's that's uh that's definitely an, yeah that's it's a good take uh superman as much as he is an immigrant has never had to to struggle because he passes and he's from kansas and so i would agree with that i think um we actually just had a situation, um, alumni of my high school have been posting on Instagram stories of um, racism that we've encountered at our years. And I went to a pretty prominent Catholic high school. And um, one of the, and there, these people posted anonymously on Instagram on the same account. Um, we would send our stories through direct message and then they would get posted up. And one of the kids posted that he, um, he was white passing and no one knew he was Latino until uh, he was calling a friend for help with homework and his grandmother, he was talking to his grandmother in the background in full fluent Spanish and his Latino classmate was like, yo, you're, I didn't even know, like, I didn't know you were Hispanic. And, um, and I saw that story and I was like, oh, that story's about me. And, and that's my boy <laughs> that I was talking to. And I, I did not know I, that was the day I found out he was, um, Argentinian. And mm -hmm. so, um, we had a conversation about that on the side and just like, he basically said like, I knew that I was um, getting by. I knew that I was passing and I knew that I, I knew that I was ignoring the, you know, this whole side of me because it made my life easier. And he said, he feels so ashamed about that. I was like, honestly, dude, like if I could have, I would have too. I can't blame you for that. Mm -hmm. like, Especially because you're talking so about high school. I, I think, uh, you're talking about a high schooler, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's and it's for for kids um, in Chicago is a very segregated city. So uh, if you came from a Latin, you know, Latino neighborhood and suddenly you're in this magnet um, Catholic school that is majority white kids, it's a culture shock. Right. And so you just kind of like, how do I survive? What do I do? And for the browner 
Latinos, we didn't have that option, but we, I guarantee you, as much as I, you know, would hate, hate to believe it about myself, if I could have, I would have. And actually, so I think that might even be, if, if that's, if Clark Kent is that, you know, that symbol, there is something about, you know, he does willingly kind of deny his Kryptonian side mm-hmm. when he finds out, you know, in order to, to blend in with society. Right. I mean, so, the name, I mean, there is the name, that aspect like, to it. But yeah, isn't the name that also Clark kind of Kent. like part of American culture? <laughs> oh, well, especially. But isn't that also part of like American culture? Like, you know, like a lot of people that, like a lot of immigrants that come over, you know, they like first generation, second generation, they kind of want to be as Americanized as yes. possible. So couldn't that have been kind of like a reflect, a, ref, um, a reflection of what we do in America? Yeah. Interesting. You know, Carlos just made me think of something interesting when we're talking about passing and specifically in Latinx communities. So you and I, Michael, we were talking about this and about Moon Knight, about the Moon Knight casting, mm-hmm. right? And we're talking about like, how do, is he going to, you know, how do you make a Latinx Jew? Is he going to stay Jewish, right? Or if he is, how do you explain that he's, you know, Hispanic or Spanish? And, you know, Carlos makes me think, who says they are? Who says he isn't just going to play a regular white Eastern European Jew, right? Just because the actor happens to be that nationality or that culture, mm-hmm. when we talk about passing and, and what a passing allows you to do in society, we have no clue that, that, that him, his, the actor's heritage is going to have any implication on the role whatsoever. That's a good point. I mean, I think we have talked about this kind of more generally, that there is this notion that acting the that there was there's a traditional idea of acting as being anyone can play any role. And what we're seeing a lot in the discourse now is that is that because with access to Google and with access to people's backgrounds at, at a level that we didn't have before. There, there's a lot more pressure to make the real life background of actors play into the roles that they take. So I wouldn't be surprised, especially given the fact that Marvel doesn't have uh, any uh, leading Latinx characters. I, I would expect, given that um, Oscar Isaac is so well known as Latinx, as a Latinx leading man, I would expect them to take advantage of that um, as a way of of getting the, you know, for lack of a better term, credit, um, you know, from the community for yeah. for having that lead. Yeah. Um, and uh, on that kind of like a similar note, um, mm-hmm. kind of bringing it back to the Yara floor thing, I that whole uh, everyone kind of wants the actors or actresses that are portraying these characters to be as closely to the characters as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of figured I was going to end up talking about this as soon as I got wind that, uh, so, okay. A little preface. Sure. The co-showrunner and like head writer, I guess, of that show mm-hmm. is named uh, Daylin, D-A-I-L-Y-N. I don't, I might be Daylene mm-hmm. Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And someone said like, you know, I hope you cast the Brazilian actress for the role, right? Mm-hmm. Because obviously, it's like they want a Brazilian to play this Brazilian character, right? And she, and bringing kind of some similar thing that Adam talked about of how social media can get sometimes get 
she responded, I'm going to try to cast a Brazilian actress, mm-hmm. right? And that's when people started to kind of lose their minds mm-hmm. but because of the use of the word try. Try. Yeah, which basically says, like, we could get a Brazilian. We may not get a Brazilian. But uh, And so everyone kept saying, like, no, you better cast a Brazilian. You better cast a Brazilian. Or, like, what's this, all this about try? No, you should, you're going to do this. And mm-hmm. she clarified what she meant, like, she hasn't even written the script yet. It hasn't even been approved. Like it, they're not even up to the point of casting, but that's why she said try. Right. But uh, everyone still wasn't having it, and she got so many of these comments. It seems like they made her go on Twitter, like on private. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, it is unfortunate because, like, speaking as someone who kind of wanted, kind of wants to go into that industry, mm-hmm. I know why you can't actually say. I'm only going to cast, like yeah. I'm for sure going to cast Brazilian because when it comes to casting calls, you can't specify a nationality. No, you can't. Uh, not, you can't. You can, maybe you can go like the most specific is like Hispanic or Latino or in this mm-hmm. case, Hispanic or Latina. But like, yeah. that's about it. And yeah, people forget yeah. about employment discrimination. All yeah. Of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, well, I, I kind of beg to differ. Like, I feel like, you know, we have seen those ads before where they're like, you know, especially when it comes to like African Americans and um, yeah, African American women and doing whatever. They get really descriptive. Well, they like, do. Well, but that's the thing. They, <laughs> I mean, they can get descriptive based on physical characteristics. They can get descriptive on skin color. They can get descriptive on like ability to speak a language. They can get descriptive on ability to speak English with a different language. But they then, so like with white and black, how those are skin colors and they're also synonymous with race, you can kind of play a little like fast and loose with those rules. But when it comes to someone like a Latinx person or like an Asian person, you're not going to put yellow, you know, you may put no. brown. But, but that's you not could even say like, I prefer them coming from, you know, descendants of this region. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't put it past well, you, casting you directors. You don't hire the new mutants casting director, basically. Well, yeah, you definitely don't hire that guy. No, you know, I'm, that... I'm never gonna let them let them forget their Roberto da Costa casting. Yeah, and how they they whitewashed that. They whitewashed the character. That and that is kind of like a thing. Uh, so he should have been played by an Afro Latino. Right. But because they specifically wanted, okay, Brazilian. But here's the thing about Brazil that people yeah. don't really realize. It's like American. It's like, American. <laughs> like, here's the actual numbers for, like, what Brazil is. It's about 212 million people of, like, the, like in this case, for, like, uh, indigenous Brazilian people. You mm-hmm. know how much that is? How much percent of that is the population? 0.4%. Yeah, it, it, I know in, in South Yeah, America, a lot of it's a slave. The northern yeah. part, yeah, Co- Colombia and, and going down into the rainforest region, yeah, it's a very small percentage. It is I, a very I, small I, percentage. I didn't know that, Martin. I just found that out recently. I was just found it. Yeah, um, and that's why, like, I kind of, like, it is going to be a situation of, like, I may end up feeling sorry for who ends up getting cast because I feel one of two. It's going to be me. Nokia. <laughs> if it is, then you're, I feel sorry for you because you're going to get a lot of shit. <laughs> Don't feel sorry for me because I'll be making that money. <laughs> Not if they like, see hey, it's too much trouble. Not if they see it's too much. I, I, I'll take but, uh, it. I'll take I, it. I mean, like, they can't really come at me because I'm half white, half yeah, black. Yeah, but you're Jewish. not Latinx. I'll just be like, yeah. That's right. 
Uh, that's true, but actually, wait, according to my uh, 23 and me, I have Portuguese. That's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I, I got that. Does that count? Really no, it was the same. Okay, fine. Fine, be that way. I tried. <laughs> Some Brazilians they do speak, speak Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah. But like a Spanish person is a like, Mexican. Right. You know, Martin, like true. what you were just saying about the population and everything, I also find that when we say, okay, well, you know, a Brazilian actress should be cast in the role or whatever it is, yeah. then you'll make people happy by doing that, but then they'll not be happy with the person that you picked because they exactly. don't the image in your head of right. what should be re representative of that culture exactly. on the screen. They'll say, oh, that person is Brazilian, but they're not Brazilian enough. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like how right it went with uh, with uh, the actor that played Bobby. Like exactly. he's Brazilian, but he's not the right kind. But, right, but... he's you know, we us us being kind of ignorant Americans sometimes, <laughs> like we forget that just like if someone were to cast an American, it yeah. could be a wide range of ethnicities and a wide range of of races within yeah. American. The same is present in Brazil. So yeah. it's not. Yeah, but, I, I have no. that problem when people always discuss Middle Eastern casting of mm -hmm. what a person should look like, because that shows that most people have ignorance of the region and, and who was there and Zoroastrians. And like, they don't know that people in the region of the Middle East can look as white as any American, all the way to almost as dark as a black person. And when mm -hmm. they go, oh, well, that person doesn't look Arabic or uh, look Arab or they don't look. Uh, Afghani or uh, Iraqi, it, the people there can, like I said, they can have like rosy cheeks and be as white as any of us. So you'll cast somebody and then people won't be happy because it wasn't their vision of what the person should look like. Right. Yeah. And, it, and you know, and, and, the, and the weird exactly. thing, I agree with that in my mind. <laughs> you know, the weird thing about like the cut, the difference between like how people are like on Twitter and not on Twitter is I think that Twitter sometimes, or you know, social media in general, but mostly Twitter, tends to amplify the most the most um, extreme reaction. You know, so someone might be a little bit disappointed, for instance, yeah. but that little bit of disappointment will turn into um, anger mm -hmm. versus. And the anger is immediate. It's never listen. You might not have realized this mistake you made. It kind of really offended us. Let us explain to you why it offended us and let's have a conversation about it. It's never that. It's that this person who might have been an otherwise wonderful person makes this error in judgment. And then there's this immediate pile on of anger and calling them a bad person and how horrible they were. Instead of just saying, hey, maybe you were ignorant about this. You know, it offended us. Maybe you didn't know it offended us. Let us explain it to you. Mm -hmm. It goes immediately to anger. Right. And you know, and and we all know that Twitter is is not a great place for nuanced discussion. So, it, you know, podcast, you know, not to plug our podcast, but like you know, we can have the kinds of conversations here on the podcast that would be really difficult to have on Twitter, um, back and forth with 280 characters. And you know, any one thing you say can be kind of snapshotted and taken out of way out of context and create a pylon. You and know, it's how, it's how you reply. Like, like at first, <laughs> when I was first observing the Sia situation, I 
And I first looked at it and I thought, oh, wow, they're really piling on. And then other people pointed out to me the way she reacted and the way she replied to people and how rude it was. Exactly. And so you, you also have to get a full picture of what's going on and not just see the parts of it you want to see. Right. Um, but yeah. What happened with Sia? I mean, that's a little bit outside of the scope of the podcast, but... Um... You know. I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to take a small detour because I need to understand <laughs> what happened to Sia so I can defend Sia in whatever <laughs> has to be because you know what? I have an elastic car. You made a movie and um the lead in the movie is an autistic character and she did not cast an autistic actress. It appears she didn't even try. She went with a standard actress that she knows and she worked on the project with Autism Speaks, which is very controversial. Wait, time out. Wait, time out. So you're telling me, so she pretty much did a movie version of The Good Doctor that has been on for like five seasons and is not, and she's getting rammed for that? Well, no, oh, no, no, hell no, 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 not really. Because in this movie, it's also about apparently the way the character is portrayed as being, you know, a person in need of help, but that she also worked with Autism Speaks, which is a very controversial group because of their views on autism and how the autistic community feels about them. And when people were pointing it out to see online, she took a very sort of um, confrontational tack. confrontational tone. She even sort of made a backhanded slap joke at somebody. And it just, it wasn't the way you handle a situation like that. Yeah. Okay. See, so it may not have handled it, but I do want to say this, like, you know, I have an autistic cousin who is amazing in every way. He has conquered so many things and he will continue to conquer very many things. And I think, but I think that we need to understand that entertainment is entertainment, right? Like, like somebody's vision of something like mm -hmm. wrong, right? Or whatever, it's their vision, right? Like it's all kind of made up. Like if it was based on a true story, I'd, I'd probably be a little bit more offended. I'd be like, well, no, you need to get somebody a little bit more authentic. But, right. well, you know, art is art, right? So yes. you can't you can't really like, you know, you can be judgmental of people's art if you want, like, if you like, I so, guess that's, a, I I guess that's part of art. But, Sorry. you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess, mm. you know. But but if I if I, I may interject <laughs> really quick, if I may interject really quick, I, I, I understand what you're saying, Kia, but it's kind of like, when you're a marginalized group, you sometimes know that this is your opportunity to make your make your point. Like this is the only time that that they're going to care about what you think. You know, so if the movie comes out and a bunch of people who don't have firsthand experience with autistic people love it, give it a bunch of awards. Like we see it with things like Green Book, right? You know, like a bunch of people who don't have firsthand experience with it may love it and shower it with praise. And the voices of the people who are actually being represented will be drowned out. That's what leads to sort of that feeling of further disenfranchisement. But are so, they being represented or are they being, what's the word? Not represented, but like, like, uh, there's a word. And I mean, they're being portrayed. They're being portrayed. portrayed. Yeah. And portrayed is not the same thing as being represented. Well, you know, I've always like, said, like, remember, that's up to interpretation, right? With Judaism, I, I'll, I'll have actors. Sure. I'd rather see representation in roles. Like, I sometimes mm -hmm. I don't mind if they're not Jewish as long as the role being represented is there, mm -hmm. what it teaches us about society. But having been 
a little bit in the industry when I was younger, I've heard both sides of the argument that in one hand, you can say, while it's important that we have roles that represent these people, you also have to look at the logistics of a person like that actually being on this set, right. working a full day, and also being an actor, being able to act. And so you can say, well, you know, we want to portray an autistic character, but an autistic person might not actually be able to be on the set and have cameras in their faces. And yeah, right. there's too much stimuli but and so forth, yeah. The flip side of that argument is, well, if you're going to be making money off of us by telling our story, then it should be worth it to you to spend the money to figure out how to have us on the set and use us. Because right. if you're going to make money off of who we are and telling our a sympathetic story about us, then it should be willing for you, the movie company, to put the money in to make the set comfortable for us or film it in a way where we can be in it. So I've right. seen both sides of the, the argument. Yeah. Right. And not to mention that if there are any issues with the portrayal, you know, if there are any things that don't ring true or ring in, in a somewhat uncomfortable way, it's one thing if the character, if the character and the actor are part of that community, it's different when it's not, you know, because then everything's scrutinized, you know, how much, who did you work with? Who are your experts? Who did you consult with, you know, for the story to make sure that it had the right amount of verisimilitude? You know, if you didn't, if you just kind of went with your imagination, then, then I can understand why someone would say, yeah, but that imagination might be based on, you know, internal prejudices that you have. Yeah, but it, did she go on her imagination or like I, I kind of feel like nowadays, like a lot of a lot of actors work with certain people in order to mimic their styles, in order to mimic who they are and bring that to the set and bring that to the movie. So like unless like this is just like a I don't know who played and what or whatever the case right. might be, but isn't that kind of not what they do anymore? Like I could see that back when that's day. where, but yeah, that's where the whole controversy of... about working with autism speaks comes, comes to play and looms a little larger. You, you know, if it was a group that, that uh, the autistic community felt more positively about then then their endorsement and their, the people that they consulted with from that group, they, cool. they, the, the, I would imagine that the criticism would be more tempered. In I that think respect. in this case, the movie is about, you know, the central movie is about a character with autism. So in this case, the character actor probably should have been somebody that was autistic. You have to look at also how central to the story is that thing about the character, right? You know, right. like, I don't think a blind person had to play Al Pacino's role in Scent of a Woman, right? Because the movie itself wasn't necessarily specifically about his blindness and, and he pulled it off well. But if your story is about that thing, then it might be more applicable to have that a person of that. It might be. Category. Yeah, it might be. But I was going it back. It might to... be, but it also might be detrimental to that person who you try you have you have playing that role. I mean, you right. know. But that's that's that, again. That's that's why it's really so important. Actually, set them off. Right. Go that's ahead. why it's so important to have those those people on hand. Right. That's, you know, those groups on hand that you trust because they can better tell you whether whether that's the case or not. And again, okay. listen, I, I, I haven't been as immersed in in the facts of this story as others have. So I can't really get into the the, you know, the weeds on it. 
It um, also has to do with actors, Michael, because we don't have trained actors anymore, right? It, you know, acting is a craft, and that's why the actors that come over from overseas are usually better, whereas for the last 30 years in America, acting has become people that want to move to California and audition for stuff. So if you take acting as a craft seriously and look of what is the craft of acting, why do you go many years to learn it, it's so that these people in society are specifically trained and have the training to be able to portray other people so that we as a society can learn something from the story that they are giving us. Mm -hmm. But because we no longer look at it as a craft anymore, that these are the people in society that are specifically trained to do this for many years, to learn how to authentically give us the experience of watching somebody. But we have many actors these days who try to mimic things, who try to imitate things, instead of actually trying to learn the thing. And that's, that's a fair point. That's the problem. That's true. Yeah. So let's table that discussion because, you know, it could take us to a whole bunch of different places. And let's jump back into a little you know bit more of tangents. <laughs> that's true. So Martine would probably like this next uh, topic. We're going to talk about talk a little bit Green Lantern. Um, we got a little bit more in the realm of of us uh, details about this HBO Max Green Lantern series that's, that's going to be uh, taking place. There's going to be a 1980 storyline with, um, let's see if I can, with Alan Scott, I believe. No, no Guy, sorry, Guy Gardner. Guy Gardner. I think, I think they're going to be doing the best Green Lantern, right? Mm -hmm. like, I think the know. Alan Scott story seems like it might be like, happy, like they might jump back and forth that his yes. story might be told mm -hmm. earlier. Right. So the 1980 story is going to involve Guy Gardner and a new character named Bree Jarda. Bree Jarda, who is a black woman who is half alien. I feel like um, would have been so much better than. But this ties into the conversation that we had had earlier about the synergy of a new character being created that has not yet existed in the comics. I would not be surprised if shortly after we meet this character in the series, we get the character in the comics. Um, so I'm eager to see what, what, what they're looking for in terms of casting and in terms of what they're looking for in terms of characterization. There's also going to be, like, like people said, a 1940s storyline involving, excuse me, Alan Scott as a closeted, a closeted gay man in a time right. where that was probably how most gay men conducted their business. And is there a, is there a present day, isn't there a present day story at this point? There is. Yeah, there is a present day story, but the, it's uh, Simon and Jessica. Okay. That is like the kind of like the character kind of like descriptions and stuff of mm -hmm. like what they're going to be doing. They haven't released Simon and Jessica just yet. They've only written, like they've only released for Alan, Guy and Brie. Gotcha, um, gotcha. That can be that, like, um, they're trying to still figure out what they're going to do, or they're trying to figure out how to describe what their story's going to be. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, does, but yeah, there is going to be a present-day story with those two. Martine, just as mm -hmm. a question, you're just, I mean, what you would have liked to see, would you have rather seen Kyle, or would you have rather seen Guy? Well, uh, if those were my two options, whether I could see Kyle or I could see Guy, I'd rather see Kyle, but I'd rather see like Guy and Kyle because you know like they've been partners before. 
they're arguably each other's best friends, you know, like, mm-hmm. and like, yeah. so like, I would have been like, I mean, I definitely that. think based on, you know, what I what I picked up that uh, I think there's going to be kind of like a buddy cop element with with a uh, guy and Brie, yeah. um, you know, a black woman and a rough around the edges, kind of blue collar white guy. Um, in the 1980s, the sort of high point of your like lethal weapon buddy cop uh, era, like I would not be surprised if that's the vibe that they were going for with mm-hmm. the period with the period piece. So yep. t- to that extent, I think you know I think if it was a story set kind of in the era that we met Kyle in like the, in the mid 90s, yeah. in the mid 90s, and who knows maybe in season two that's the plan, you know that. These are going to be sort of period pieces uh, set in different decades and have different lanterns for different for different decades. I could definitely see why why Kyle, I'm sorry, Kyle, why Guy is is a is a good fit for a 1980s story, and why especially if they're doing uh, Simon and Jessica in the present yeah. day, why they maybe are a, a, quite a good fit given you know what we just came out of. Uh, mm-hmm. For the last four years, the different uh, immigrant and uh, ethnic groups that were subject to, um, you know, what they what what they've been subject to. <laughs> um, one thing that's gonna, that's always going to be an interesting question now is mm-hmm. the whole concept of the Green Lantern as quote unquote space police. Um, yeah. You know, given that all cops are bad. <laughs> <laughs> like how how are we how are we going to portray uh, law uh, intergalactic law enforcement uh, in our new era where where we are very um, interested in in critiquing the narratives and and wanting to not fall into the the traps of copaganda. Yeah, a glorification of it. Yeah. Right. Um, do you have any ideas about like the way that you might you might approach it? I have no freaking clue, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, but because I'm mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead, Marky. I'm sorry. Oh no, like you can go. No, no, actually, Carlos, Carlos, are you still oh. with us? Uh, we might have lost Carlos for a little bit. Hopefully, he comes back. Okay. Um, I was saying, like, you just have to focus on them, sort of being like the upholders of law and justice, mm-hmm. rather than we're here to arrest you. It's it's still we're here to protect you from the bad guys. Like we're still the good guys. We're still mm-hmm. here for law and order. And like you were saying, it it should be a lesson to cops, right? Don't mm-hmm. worry about how cops are right now in our actual society. Mm-hmm. Don't even worry about that. Just show the Green Lanterns to be good, to be right. upholders of law and justice. And let mm-hmm. that be a lesson for the cops. Yeah. Let yeah. it be aspirational rather than reflective. Hopefully, fingers crossed, because as we as we've already said, uh, social media can be brutal with, when it comes to and the blogosphere when it comes to their critiques. That's like an understatement. <laughs> and they're still working with Berlanti Productions. And mm-hmm. speaking of Berlanti Productions. There was also news from that world. Uh, our, the Black Lightning television show. Kia, do you watch Black Lightning? Oh, we lost Kia. <laughs> no. Okay, fair enough. I don't, well, I don't believe in Black Lightning. I, I don't either. Unless it's in nope. bed. Oh. oh. 
AKA was... Littler. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Ooh. well, so Black Lightning is, is ending after four seasons. We had previously, um, maybe we hadn't talked about it on the podcast, but they, they were, they're planning to spin off uh, Black Lightning. One of the characters from the show yeah. um, is going to have Black his own Lightning show. Black Lightning did spin for me when I was in that club for dollars. <laughs> But um, you know, there was some consternation about it. I, I I'm I'm of mixed I have mixed feelings about it, um, given that um a lot of people a lot of people didn't really know where Black Lightning fit in the in the overall universe. I know where he fits. <laughs> but um the the only thing I, I would say the biggest disappointment for me is that you know I watched the CW shows and Black Lightning was always kind of off in its own its own world and they recently did their you know kind of crisis on Infinite Earths event which was meant to bring everything into the same universe and I wanted to see how how the storytelling would would go if they had access to crossovers if there was more opportunity to see the characters interacting with the characters from the other shows, particularly with the new black, shows. I can tell you what her black lightning, but you're not going to like it because I'm going to be honest. Uh-oh. What her black lightning is from the very beginning, it sort of, because it was introduced at a certain time period, it became the black show. Okay. And so right off the bat, there was Wait, a Black lot Lightning of... was black this whole time? Right, I know. Go figure, right? But I think a lot of people simply didn't watch it because they said, oh, that, that, that's the superhero show for the black people. And, um, and I, think, I can buy that. I think it hurt that it doesn't show in the ratings completely. Well, it is the lowest rated, rated of the but CW. I don't think they ever shows. got that migration of audience from the other CW shows like they all do, like, you know, if you watch right. Arrow, you watch Flash, that leads to Supergirl. There's a crossover in audience. Yeah. Don't but, but I, but, but that, but I, I agree with that to a certain extent. But I also think that even while it was being the black show, it was also the separate but equal show, right? It was also was it the show. Because they really didn't like add other characters. Like, I know, like, Arrow does like a cross like thing with yeah. like, Superman or like you right. know, like they, they like well, that's they, what I, like, that's what I was trying to get or... at that's what I was trying to get at where all these other shows kind of spun out from another show and you had cross pollination cross pollinization of, of the black lightning of was different... pollinating things <laughs> yeah you know like it, it was only in this most recent crossover that you you had black lightning and he had to come from a whole different universe um, even with Supergirl, even though she was in her own universe, they very quickly, I think in her first season, they had the Flash run into her universe and had them had interacting and had have good chemistry. And they let people who were fans of one show uh, gave them permission to watch this other show. Yeah, and this, this is what the CW shows, the CW superhero shows did all the time. And they yeah. really never did it with Black Lightning. Right. They never had yeah, any well, of the Black Lightning characters. That? Like they didn't have like a white person just like, or, I mean, the Flash <laughs> run in and say, hey, what's up? Let me help you out. Right. And I'm that's fast, kind of what I was saying. Lightning, and you right. are Black Lightning. Yeah. Right. They kept it segregated as like the Black show. 
They did. Exactly. Oh my God, they used they were segregated on that show. But, oh, you know, CW. right? Even oh, and people God. used to joke about like even if they had had like black characters from the other shows show up mm -hmm. on Black Lightning, if just to keep it black, <laughs> you know, it it still would have given the fans of those shows another opportunity to check it out. Right. But, but they never did that. Nice tea on that. Now, yeah. I know logistically part of the reason for that was that they filmed in Atlanta and the other shows filmed in Vancouver, and it's not easy to make that work. Yeah, why did they do that? Why couldn't Black Lightning be in Vancouver? Um, because the showrunners wanted to do... people. I guess I mean... maybe that too. But you know the show. The, the, so one of the sort of like in, one of the sort of inside baseball things about the show is that even though it was um, developed by the Berlantes, it was also meant to be a Fox show initially, and then when when Fox passed on it, then CW picked up on it. So they already had their setup, they already had their budgets, and they already had their their sites for filming in Atlanta. Obviously, lower than the budget for all the other. Shows. No, actually, it's the opposite is true. Like Vancouver has this, you know, they've been doing low budget sci-fi stuff for you know for decades at this point, and it's and one of the reasons that the CW shows are what they are is because they can do it on the cheap, and. You know, I would, Wait, wouldn't so be so saying that. Are you saying Black Lightning had more money invested into their show than the other CW shows? I am saying that that is probably the case. Yes. Well, so you think that the Black Lightning actors look, I'm sure that paid more than the other actors of the CW. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. I'm oh, not saying that. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Sure just double check it. No, I'm just saying that the show was probably a little bit more expensive to produce. Yeah, because the it tax was... breaks here are great for in Atlanta for filming. Uh, you know, so I'm sure they did very well. But yeah, I'm sure Vancouver would be a lot easier. But you know, my feelings, Michael, were that had they not pre-announced the Superman show, that I would have just gone R.I.P. to the whole CW universe. And moved everything to either the Stargirl universe or whatever they're going to do on HBO Max. I think them announcing that Superman show is our only tether that we have to keep the CW universe going. Right, and and you know we can get into it if you want, but you know there there are a lot of logistical reasons why why Warner Brothers is fine having its like low grade CW shows that it can make on the cheap, and when it really wants to spend money. Uh, it spends it on the thing that it owns outright and has on on their on HBO Max. You know, there's they have to share they have to share a little bit when it comes to CW because of CBS's involvement. When, what do you guys think, <clears throat> Martin and Carlos? I think that um, that Black Lightning was not helped by being redlined out of the rest of the CW. Uh, universe, right? Um, but also, it didn't help that Cress Williams is forty-seven years old when that show started. Um, you know, the CW has a has a formula of like young, right. early twenties, you know, group. And on this show, the lead was damn near fifty years old. Right. So because, you're not. I mean, the formula. Right. It didn't fit the formula. His lead. He's the. He's the dad. Right. Yeah, like the way right. that the show was structured was more like the 
you know, because he has children. The children, in a lot of ways, were the leads of the show. It would it would be if, you know, I don't know if you've watched The Flash. It would be like if Joe West had superpowers, mm-hmm. you know, on The Flash. So you still have The Flash, but then you also mm-hmm. have, like, the dad Flash, you know, having his own I adventures. Mean, and If this series was Batman and Batman's 50, and then it's really about the Robins and yeah. Batgirl, that, that's different because Batman is a known quantity, a, right. a, a worldwide IP, brand. Exactly. Black, mm-hmm. Black Lightning, like I knew Black Lightning going into it from uh, the old Sinbad SNL sketch, uh, <laughs> when the death of Superman, where Sinbad is like, and I'm Black Lightning, and it was like, uh, yeah. okay. Um, but, uh, Having a yeah, a forty something, almost. And he's fifty now. I, I'm pretty sure the yeah. show's been on for three years. So, right. so he he was forty seven years old when that show started. You're not going to get the same the same audience to to cross over to watch. You know, yeah. to go from watching someone who could be their big brother or their big sister to someone who's like their dad's age. Right. It's, but it, it's I agree with that, off. and I and I and I think that the, you you might have been able to mitigate that if you had had the daughters on those other CW shows. You know. If you had had, yep. you know, the, the the real in a lot of ways, you know, because you still had the teenage angst, you still had the romantic aspects, you still had those things that, that CW shows are known for. It's just that the named main character, the lead character was out of the demo. He was, you know, but, yep. but, but they're not... CW isn't strangers to having shows where you have kind of a multi-generational narrative. You just have to better market original you you just have to better market the the younger people and but 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 you know to to the extent that there are a lot of you know to the extent there are a lot of you know fans of cw shows that are not black maybe it was intimidating maybe it was off-putting that they didn't see themselves rep- ironically they didn't see themselves represented on black lightning and it made them <laughs> less likely to watch who knows maybe they needed a maybe they needed a token white white uh teenager on the show to 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 get them to get them hooked on it you know maybe they needed a felicity <laughs> like, <laughs> but is black lightning even like a really big character um you mean in terms of the comics yeah no, he's not a he's not he's a he's a, a character that's been out there, but he's not a he's not an A-list character. Exactly. Maybe that's why the ratings weren't so great. Um mm. I mean, Green Arrow's not really an A-list character either. Yeah. Yeah, but he's hot. But he's like really hot. Hot hot helps. Hot definitely yeah, helps. Yeah, like they didn't like, like I'm, I'm going to be honest like, season. you know, I don't want to like yeah, like hurt my black people, blah blah blah. But he wasn't the best. He wasn't the most attractive. Like, if they had got the guy that was like that played eggs in True Blood, I think people would have tuned in more. But instead, he was also he's yeah, the yeah. he's on he's the guy Yeah, he's yeah he's on the other show set. <laughs> so maybe you'll like the maybe, but maybe you'll like the Painkiller show, because you know Painkiller is the is the hot as far as I understand, you know, younger guy who was dating the daughter and he What's became his name? I'll the actor right now. Yeah. Uh, give me a second. I will. The actor's name is Jordan Calloway. Wait for it. Wait for it. Are you bringing up the picture? Uh, he looks like 
Does he kind of look like Nelly? Like, is he Nelly's son? Oh. <laughs> I'd be like, apple bottom jeans, Bruce with the fur. All right, well, fine. <laughs> maybe got... he's not. Maybe he's not your cup of tea. Whatever. I, I, but like, you know, some. I mean, he, he at least fits more of the CW mold. What are his powers? Of, what are his uh, powers? I think he's got. Super, you know, just like your standard super soldier deal. Okay. You know? See, here's the thing. I'll I'll say this about Black Lightning. Another issue why Black Lightning might have not caught on. And here, the, again, maybe not popular. They picked a boring character to make a TV show from. Ooh. Yeah. Shots fired. Um, yeah. So he's not necessarily boring in the comics, but he's very boring in that show. In, in that, if you, inherent in a superhero show are the superheroic. And people want to see spectacle and people want to see interesting things. And I'm not so sure if it, even when that show began, right? Because you have to get into the show. Mm-hmm. Like, is it so interesting? Like the super part of Hello, the man. show? Hello. Well, but, but here's what I have to ask then. Here's what I have to ask. Everybody's fave, everybody's fave static has has electricity powers too. Yeah, but Static has the personality of uh, a more interesting person. Not that he has the personality of Peter Parker. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that you you get an infinitely more interesting character right off the bat than this sort of principal, bad, kind of grown-up, mature, yeah. you know. No, I get that. And, and And like I said before, that was one of the things that was, you know, holding hindering the show. But I think that it was more about the fact that I think it was more about the fact that they wanted to you know in order to fit the CW mold it was really about the daughters but nobody knows who the daughters are you know the daughters have zero profile Black Lightning is at least a character that people know about it took you know? a little while to get to the daughters that's the thing I mean in the beginning the first daughter like it took a while I think it took like five episodes maybe or four to even get yeah but that's like that's also part of the CW formula they took green arrow like the arrow like he he didn't call himself the green arrow to like season three or four you know you had some investment in that and that you kind of knew what he was was gonna be whereas (laughs) these characters were so new in Black Lightning that you really had to stick with the show for a little while for it to get interesting I agree with that I know that in the beginning, when I first tried to watch it, I bowed out. I bowed out after like the four, fourth or fifth episode because I was like, nothing's going on in this show. Well, I know that a lot of people, I know that there were a lot of black people who were really hyped about the show in the beginning. And then they kind of fell off, you know, in terms of the, they, they felt like the writing failed it in season two, that it kind of got tropey. And it probably did. A lot of CW shows get tropey. Um, but, and, you know, if we're being honest, they didn't have the most charismatic uh, cast. You know, I would say that probably the most charismatic uh, actor on the show was the guy who played Tobias Whale. And, you know, you can only do but so much when your villain is your best, you know, is your best character. Yeah. You know, Cress, Cress is fine. He suffers from a little bit of uh, Mike Coulterism. Yeah, like example. some of the same issues that I had with Luke Cage, I have with Cress Williams' portrayal of Black Lightning. 
little depressed. A little yeah, sad. I'm really, I'm really bored with talking about Black Lightning and <laughs> not talking about like a sex toy. So let's talk about something else. Real quick, just also the the costume was not helping on that show. Black Lightning's costume, even like the new improved ones, like this still looks really corny, especially compared to like Agreed. Arrow and Flash. Like I was like, what is yeah. this? It, yeah, I don't know. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah, maybe it needed to lean into a little bit more camp. Does he even have lightning power or like what? He has electricity he... powers. Yeah. yeah. He generates electricity and he shoots it. Like the it. only thing, I, I think I watched one episode and like he had some electricity and then like afterwards he like acted like a little bitch, like he didn't like stand. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? That's not a superhero. That's like a weak motherfucker. Like, wow. <laughs> wow. I'm you, just saying, he's bringing the heat. <laughs> I did. I did. You know, let's, let's stop talking about the not sex story and let's talk about something else. All right. So we're going to transition from Black Lightning to Black Panther. Uh, there was a little bit of. anything bad about him. He passed away. Yes. Um, so Black Panther 2. Um, there are some some news that came out this week that they will be beginning production in July. Now, wait, who's going to be playing him? Whoa, time out! Like, is it going to be Black Panther two, but he never shows himself? Um, well, and and then there you have it. Like, I was trying to like not go there, but you know, it's the the problem. The problem I have with this story is that. You know, Chadwick Boseman just recently passed away, and mm-hmm. and you can't talk about Black Panther two without the question of what are they going to do with with T'Challa's character and with Chadwick Boseman, and 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 it, and it, and it feels away. and it feels unseemly to have this discussion right now. It's so um, difficult it, it, because he was that character, but then you think you also have to think what would Chadwick have wanted? And I kind Chadwick would have wanted everybody to mourn. For a very long time, and nobody gets paid the same amount of money. I know Chadwick. I know that's not what he would have wanted. Like f that. that no, I understand what you're. Down. I understand what you're saying, Adam. And I and and when and when it, when push comes to shove, I agree with you. But I just think that it's still too new, and it's like talking about. It's like it's like when you're like like of a parent passed away. And your and your mom's like, all right, your dad passed away, and your mom's like, well, gotta gotta hit the hit the streets and start f- and find myself a new man. It's like, you, like that's true. Like it's like mom. you know too that soon. she's you know that she's gonna move on. You know that she's going to like you know date again. But if like two months after you know two months after your dad died, she's out there. You're like, uh, uh, do, can can we just wait a little bit longer? <laughs> like, that's so you know, true. Like that is like, so true. And the thing is, since we know that they're not even like so so one of the things that came out is they're gonna they're gonna film for six months. So they're starting in July and they're gonna film for six months, which means they're not even gonna be done with the movie, the principal photography on the movie until twenty twenty two. So we're we're almost, you know, we're over a year off from this movie being a thing. And we're spending a lot of time and energy fighting about, you know, what should happen with regard to Chadwick Boseman's legacy. And I just think that we can wait, we can afford to let our feelings um, on the matter, you know, ha- continue to have our grief and continue to, you know, figure out 
um, what his life meant and give have our tributes like we're you know we haven't even given the proper tributes that we typically do when an actor passes away like when they have the Oscars and and that kind of stuff you know let we haven't mm -hmm. had our in memory of uh, Chadwick Boseman because we hadn't even had any had a Marvel thing out yet you know so while I have my own ideas about the direction that they should take the franchise I know that anything you say right now there's it's it's people are very passionate on 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 different perspectives you know i i don't even think they've written the movie yet you know i think they're you know i think that from last we heard um what's his name um ryan coogler was still dealing with was still dealing with the grief you know, I understand that the way that the business works is that you have to reserve the studio space, you know, so these things leak out way ahead of time. You know, this, you know, it's October. I'm sorry. It's November. You know, July is, is eight months from now, but we know about it now. And that means that people are going to be talking about it for the next eight, eight months. But I wish we would just kind of, you know, scale it back a little bit. But that being said we do have a casting for the movie and an actual person that we know is going to be in the movie and i think that is a good thing that we can kind of play around with and speculate on um now i don't know this actor maybe you guys uh are aware of him uh tenac huerta what yeah his <laughs> He's from Narcos. Yeah, he's you from Narcos. Just call me a bitch. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's from Narcos, Mexico, which I haven't watched yet. It's great. Um, is he? What kind of? What would you say? How would you describe him as an actor? Uh, how do you spell I, that? <laughs> <laughs> it's T E N O C H. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Who are Spanish Black Panther villains? There aren't any. Oh. So perhaps we're going to get a race bend. And, you know, we at the Racial Draft Podcast are big fans of race bending. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, because I don't know the actor's work, I don't have a, an, an idea of uh, exactly, you know, who would fit the kinds of roles he plays. But I'm, I'm open to some suggestions if we want to we kind of ban some about. I am not versed in the Black Panther uh, Rogues Gallery. I don't think he has a great Rogues Gallery. I'll just put it out there. Um, I think that it probably is a good idea to bring in uh, characters from the wider Marvel Universe. And especially because I don't they didn't say he was going to be playing the main villain. They said he was going to be playing a villain. Yeah. So that, you know, yeah. that that opens up a lot of different opportunities. There is a character that I had looked up who is not um, who who is not uh, Mexican or Latinx. Um, he's traditionally Ethiopian, but he has a power set that I think could work um, fighting whatever whichever direction they decide to go with. There's a character named Moses Magnum, and oh, yeah. he has yeah, yeah, yeah. Know you know seismic. Uh, slash vibrational powers. I know exactly. You know. Okay. Um, I think that he's a good kind of middle tier villain. Yeah. That if he's not if he's not playing, you know, he there's a lot you could do with that power set, and there are a lot of cool fights that you could probably do. And given that his powers involve vibration, they could they could probably tie it into vibranium. Vibraxis in the movie. 
Um, well, you know, again, that that opens up the question of like, who is you know, if 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 we if we think that Shuri's going to play a big role in this movie, then we probably have to spend a lot of time in leveling Shuri up, so that you know she can she can have the physicality that we traditionally associate with the Black Panther. You know, as much as we like Shuri in Black Panther One, she wasn't known for her for a physical prowess. And that would be something that we'd have to incorporate, I think. So I, I would hold off on introducing yet another uh, member of of the of the sort of Black Panther entourage. <laughs> yeah. But who knows? Maybe there's maybe there's room for him. I would if if we're gonna introduce any extended figures I one character that, that that has been kind of talked about and bandied about is the the character of the white wolf um who's you know T'Challa's like half brother who's white <laughs> like, um but but is somewhat un- <laughs> but somewhat untrustworthy or Casper Cole he is a wolf Casper yeah. mm-hmm. Cole Casper Cole? That's a uh, that's one of the white tigers. That's uh, the black Jewish white tiger. Yeah, yeah. What? But he started out. He started out as a black panther. He start, right. He yeah. Uh, he he got a synthetic version of the black panther herb, and that's right. what gave him his power. So he's like one of the two white tigers that don't get their abilities from the amulets. Yeah. Right he's like he's like you, Kia. He's the black. White, I know. Jewish <laughs> I guess I know what I'm going to be for Halloween next year. Hey yo. Kevin but yeah, Casper Cole. Yeah, I don't, I don't care for Casper Cole. Like, I, I think he's a, I think he's an interesting character, but like, he's a cop, and like, he's a bad. Cop. <laughs> wow, it ends there. Mike does not like, like cop. <laughs> he's a bad cop. No, I mean his whole deal is that he steals the, like, he steals from criminals to like, you know, pay his, um, like his girlfriend that you know he's not making enough money so he's trying to like you know do shady stuff and he just happens upon like black panther gear and decides oh this will better help me uh you know steal from criminals so you're mad at a man for stealing from criminals to in order to make his life better Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> when when you're when you're a cop. I mean, I mean um, you know. I mean, the first Black up. Panther movie involves someone named the Black Panther trusting a CIA agent. So I don't know why, you know, Black Panther two couldn't involve a crooked cop with a heart of gold. A crooked cop with a heart of gold. It could at be least, just as no, tone deaf as the least, first one. No, at least at least they mocked at least they mocked the white CIA agent in yeah. Black Panther One. At least he was played for yeah. comic relief. You know? Um, like and, and 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 again, I hate that character in the books. I hate C Everett, uh, K. Everett Ross in the books. So the fact that they made him like well they you know cast martin freeman who's like super yeah. likable and everything he's like our second favorite martin slash martin in the world <laughs> i'm sure clearly you know um yeah obviously it helped it helped that they made they they created the most likable cia agent that we probably ever had in in uh in cinema 
so I, my I wife get that. made the observation uh, we were watching Black Panther actually a couple days ago she made the observation that Martin Freeman is doing a Jason Bateman impression in that movie like if you go back and listen to the, the cadence in which he's speaking with an American accent his American is Jason Bateman you know what's funny I believe that if I wrote if I recall I believe that Christopher Priest did base uh, um, what's his name? Everett Ross on Jason Bateman. Don't quote me on that, but I feel, I feel like that's that's right. I don't know, but I could. Listen, I like Jason Bateman as an actor, but if Jason Bateman was playing Martin Freeman, he'd be a dick. <laughs> he'd be an unlikable dick. <laughs> and it, and the energy would be totally different. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I who knows? I know a lot of people were saying because they mostly because they want to see Namor in Black Panther two. They were saying maybe he'll play any, uh, Mexican Namor, and I'm like, maybe. <laughs> like, um, you know, on behalf of the Latinx delegation, uh, sell me on Mexican Namor. <laughs> I mean, if he does end up being Namor, it'd be pretty funny that. Um... We drafted Aquaman and made mm -hmm. him Latinx, but the Polynesian team dropped it, drafted Namor and made him mm -hmm. Polynesian. But Aquaman's played by a Polynesian. And <laughs> 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 that would just be funny to me. So for that reason, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I suppose that would be, I suppose that would be fun. But I mean, I don't know. This actor doesn't strike me as high profile enough to be named. No. Um, no. I, I could see a henchman. I could see a right hand man a character. Yeah. yeah, but not, yeah. I just hope whatever character he plays, the power set fits in thematically with what they're going for. Um, mm -hmm. you know, telling a, Coogler tells deeper stories than kind exactly. of the rest of the MCU. So I hope that whatever it is, it fits into like, oh, and did you notice like, like, you know, first Black Panther, like, did you notice they, the final fight takes place on the Underground Railroad? Like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like, like I hope whatever the power set of this character is fits in. If it is a power set, it might not even be a power set. It might be... That's true, you could just play a, a businessman. Or or I, <laughs> I, I just hope it fits. Lean, I want them to lean in more in terms of the comics. I want them to not be so afraid to go to some of the more absurd or, uh, you know, like with Claw. I was a little mm -hmm. disappointed with Claw that he didn't get the big dome, you know, on the end of the head. Like, mm -hmm. I think that there's not, nothing wrong in movies that are based on comic books, the fantastical, to maybe lean in a little bit more because it, it adds- I'm with you. It, mm -hmm. It's not like, I don't want to say humor. I think humor is the wrong one. It adds more love. It adds more yeah. joy to the movie when things are a little odd or more creative or more absurd. I agree with that, but I, th I also think that sometimes there's like a leveling up in the sense of, you know, you introduce the world, introduce the characters, you get everyone kind of used to where everyone stands. And then in part two, you, you escalate. Um, and, you know, in a world where Chadwick Boseman's still with us, maybe they find a way to use comic book shenanigans to bring Claw back as pure sound, you know, and now he's got this grudge and he's got this enhanced power set 
and now you've got your comic book version of Claw that you didn't have because you were just introducing him as this as this um, you know figure that didn't have you know a stake a profile as it were in the in the world of of the non-comic readers you know because that's the thing about I think more than any other MCU movie you had a lot of first time viewers who who were just jumping in and wanted to be a part yeah. of this MCU thing and wanted to support this black superhero movie and you had to appreciate the idea like I took my mother to see Black Panther and she hadn't seen any other Marvel movie as far as I know um and and she had you know she had a great time and part of that was because even though there was still the comic book stuff there was enough meat there that was broader culturally and you know and spoke to like the black experience for lack of a better term that you know that maybe non-black people didn't fully appreciate i can respect that you know but i think that this is why sometimes when you when you have like a, an a-tier filmmaker they can they can meld the two they can have the comic book stuff they can be in the honor of the source material but then they can also have this story that um that can almost exist on its own outside of the comic book universe i think that you know a great example of that is probably like the dark knight you know a lot, another movie where people obviously they're aware of batman but it's not comic booky in the way that that marvel movies are per se right you know, there's there's a, there's a fine line I think like because in a superhero movie it's a movie movies are movies for for a reason and there's a certain amount of spectacle to them when you're doing a superhero mm-hmm. movie. whereas a Netflix show can be more talky it can be more chatty you can get yeah. more into the character depth so you have to find that balance because people want to see super heroics mm-hmm. in a superhero movie and actually that was sort of one of the slight criticisms of Black Panthers we didn't get to see him being doing enough as Black Panther um, at certain points that people wanted to see more of that, um, him in different situations. So I think they have to find a balance between telling a good narrative, telling the good story, but then also showing a lot of action, a lot of power usage, Mm -hmm. you know, people want to see power usage. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that, you know, I think that luckily we still got, you know, we got Chadwick in, in Civil War, we got Chadwick in the Avengers movies, where he was able to be more kind of let loose in a more comic booky way. Um, you know, to if again without getting into the whole big debate about what to do with the character of T'Challa, if it ends up being that we don't see him either ever again or for a while, I think that a lot of people can still say that they had some good experiences with Black Panther on screen that they can revisit. Um, on multiple occasions but i i do acknowledge that if we had the full the full supply for black panther 2 we could dream bigger you know we could have bigger uh spectacles in mind as the kinds of stunts and the kinds of uh action comic book you know goodness that we could get out of t'challa in a black panther 2 and and who knows you know um i i think they'll probably go a very shuri centric route in black panther 2 and hopefully they they won't um skimp in that regard either they'll they'll give her the opportunity to 
uh, immerse herself in the high level action and the stunts and the spectacle. You know, I, I would be disappointed if they didn't. And, you know, I hope that the villains, that, that you know, the antagonists, the people that are testing her, um, allow her to do that. You know, I don't, I don't expect a more ground. I mean, one of the, probably one of the reasons that I was resistant to, to, um, to Casper Cole in, in Black Panther, in Black Panther 2 is because he's so grounded and because he's so street level that, you know, him being in the movie does minimize the kinds of spectacle that I'm, I would be looking for. Kia, do you have any thoughts about that? Next topic. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of Marvel movies that have a lot of spectacle and a lot of uh, spice, if you will, uh, we got a little story about Deadpool three. Were you fans of were you you, you fans of Deadpool movies, right, Kia? Duh. Well. He was on the winning team. Deadpool is one of my my favorite Marvel movies of all time. I, I oh my god, Adam, Deadpool. you're so cool right now. I could watch, <laughs> watch Deadpool a hundred times. Deadpool is the movie that if I'm flipping through the channels and I come across it on TV, I just get stuck on it and I watch the whole thing. So yeah, so they're in early development for Deadpool three. They already have writers on board, uh, the Wendy Molyneux and Lizzie Molyneux, who you might know from Bob's Burgers. Uh, they're one of the executive producers on Bob Bob's Burgers and writers there, so you know they're going to be they're going to have the humor um, on point for that. Now there's been some question. I I don't you know I think it's still in the realm of speculation as to whether the movie's going to be R-rated or not. Um, do you do any? Be. So you have a preference, Kia? You would prefer it be R-rated? Of course, I want it the most inappropriate that it could possibly be. So you want more pegging is what I'm what I'm hearing. Yes, is exactly what Not everybody a, here wants. I, I, I feel you. Uh, <laughs> what 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 about you, Martina and Carlos? He's referring to the pegging, you know that. Right? <laughs> um I would want it to keep it as rated R as well. I mean, they could potentially do something with PG thirteen if they have a little fun with it, but I think like the first two have already set it up as rated R, rated R. That'd be to me a little, just from a consistency kind of standpoint, it'd be weird to have this one outlier, you know? And that would be the the last of the trilogy. Well, if that's the thing. A that's the thing. Is it is it going to be a trilogy? That's it's a, it's, that's it's the first thinking. movie. It's the first movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It it could be you know almost like a soft reboot. It's it's fine to make it rate. I, I... And I think it has to be rated R, but but now because they have the benefit of owning of having him, they can put him in PG thirteen roles appearing in the other movies where he mm-hmm. can be PG thirteen ish, but yeah. his own movie is rated R. Yeah, I could I could see that. I guess I look at it as their by being R rated, they are limiting their their box office upside. And, you know, obviously there's an, another question about whether there even will be movies, movie theaters to release them into, um, which kind of raises the the idea that I had the other day, probably, well, yesterday, as it were, was that why not have two cuts of the movie? 
You know, why not have a PG cut of a movie and an R-rated movie? Well, didn't they do that for the last one? <laughs> they sort of did. You know, they did the whole, you know, Once Upon a Deadpool thing that they released into theaters six months later. Um, you know, it wasn't – what I was envisioning is a simultaneous release of oh, a PG-13 movie and an R-rated movie so that if you wanted to – if you wanted – if your ch- children, your small children were Deadpool fans, you wanted them – to, to watch it and they wanted to watch it you could expose them to uh, pg-13 deadpool and if you, you want to expose your children that's a little weird is there <laughs> is there any historical data on that has that ever been done before no it, it, it would be unprecedented but we're living in unprecedented times you know uh that r kelly look look ahead look ahead to the next story in terms of you know things that haven't necessarily been done before so i mean i think that i think that especially if Disney moves towards a sort of hybrid release of movies in the theater and movies on on demand as part of their um, premiere access, that having uh, a movie that comes out in theaters at PG-13, but you could buy on Disney or you know whatever platform they use at the at the R-rated level, you know that could be another revenue stream for them. I think no. you should only watch Deadpool when you're all grown up. I mean, the money spends. Deadpool, he has to like be like you know PG rated. And remember these Raiders that are out there. Like I don't know if you've ever seen that like documentary on the Raiders. Like mm-hmm. they're lame as shit. They are. <laughs> like, you know, they are lame. lame as shit. No offense, but white. You know, like no. I feel don't you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. But remember, none of the Deadpool movies were were allowed to be released in China, which is one of their biggest markets. Yeah, well, you know, you know I'm what? sure China's missing out, and they did probably weren't going to release him anyway because he's a rebel. He's like rules, more like guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. China is not about that life. I think if you're dealing with uh, an MCU multiverse now, I think you can have your rated R Deadpool movies and. As long as you keep the budget low enough that it doesn't have to make $2 billion, Disney still comes out ahead. And then you release a PG-13 cut on Disney Plus because nothing above PG-13 appears on Disney Plus. So you do, so do it the other way. You'd release it in theaters at R and release it on, on Disney Plus at PG-13. I'd probably release it in theaters and like Amazon Prime, you know, whatever, Hulu, R. And then Disney Plus, your family, you know. Yeah platform pg-13 and then you can have deadpool appear in spider-man movies sure yeah all the money <laughs> you know? i guess i was thinking that because <laughs> like i guess i was thinking that because you have this like that passionate mm-hmm. fan base of people who love it at our level that they would be the ones more inclined to watch it twice um kind of almost like your Snyder cut model, you know, where you had people who went and saw Justice League and then didn't like it. And now they're willing to pay money to see uh, a brand new version of a movie that they didn't like. They saw Justice League, League, didn't like it, still bought it and then destroyed their copy when they found out the Snyder cut was coming out. Right. A sucker born every minute, I tell you. Right. So, I mean, knowing that that there's that kind of fan base, you figure that there would be people who would go see it at the PG-13 level and then pay extra to see it at the R level more than, than vice versa. 
I don't know. My kids watched Trolls World Tour 42 times in a weekend. So I think if does if if Deadpool yeah. is on Disney Plus, it might always yeah. be on. You know. So yeah, you're right. How many you're right. kids do you have, Carlos? I've got two. Okay. On purpose. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer that, Carlos. Don't. Don't. Both were planned, my friends. <laughs> That's what he says now. But but either way, either way, I do think that Deadpool would be a great opportunity for them to experiment with two cuts of the movie. You know, um, other characters can probably. I mean, I had a discussion that didn't really go very long uh, about the fact that you know Marvel's making Blade and whether Blade will be an R-rated movie because of the blood. Um, but I think that Deadpool more is a, is a more proven commodity. You know, I think that we've already seen Deadpool make $750 million at an R-rated level. So it's, 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 it's more understandable that we could see another movie at an R-rated, R rating. Whereas Blade, the last time there was a Blade movie, the idea of a, of a comic book movie making a billion dollars was unheard of. Right. Any movie making a billion dollars was unheard of. Yeah. So given that, you know, I'm sure Mahershala Ali wants to make a good movie and make a lot of money and establish himself as the new Blade, I think that there's a way to do uh, a PG-13 Blade and have it not, uh, you know, somehow disrespect the character. I was just going to say, doesn't anybody think it's boring that they keep on remaking shit? Like, does nobody have a fucking imagination anymore? I shit up already. Like, I disagree. How many times do we have to see, <laughs> how many times do we have to see Blade? How many times do we see fucking Star Wars? Okay, it happened. Okay, I'm, I'm going to mute you. It's uh, fucking I, done. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you do not. <laughs> I came for you, Star Wars. You guys can all find me on Twitter if you have something to you say. You know what? Bring for a it. series called Star Wars, it is just the one war. It just happens to take exactly. Years. There's not. It's, a, it's just one war. I mean. Thank you. I mean, it's kind I mean, of like yes. it's kind of like the war, and then the remix of the war. Um, but yeah, I feel like you. nobody wants a remix of the war of the war. Like, <laughs> I mean, World War, World war, war Two. Nobody war wants war a remix. <laughs> I mean, okay, wasn't like I mean, it's slightly different, but the same. <laughs> I no, I, I get you. I my my biggest gripe, my biggest gripe with this. Well, we I have a lot of gripes. My biggest gripe with the Star Wars <laughs> thing is that. This is a franchise that's gone on for, you know, 40 years. And yeah, it's time there, to let it go. And there are people <laughs> who have different things that they love about it. And you can't really make everybody happy. Yeah, but you oh, you can by stopping it and just saying these are these are it. That's no, it. because that's, that's the opposite of what people want. People who love it just want it to go on forever. You know, they just well, want that's really <laughs> weird. And those people yeah, like, come on. Tell them to stop. I think just tell them to stop. Like let it go. I think I see. Let it be the classic that it is, or whatever you guys want to call it, and let it be that classic. Like I don't need it every ten years. Like you, you know what I mean? No, you're like, gonna get it every two years, Kia. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty much what's happening right now. <laughs> That's right. My my problem is not that it continues. It's just the glut, the amount 
because it's no longer just a story or a movie. It's like a, this big organic living thing. It's a whole way of life. It's, yeah, it's a franchise. It's, it's a deadly right. sin. Did you so, hear him? He called it gluttony. <laughs> I understand why, though, these things keep going because it's it's mythology. It's folklore. It's, it's yeah. been in society long enough that it has become characters like Sherlock Holmes and Dracula that, that stay with us. Oh, but yes, it definitely has. It's just yeah. that the There's better sci-fi out there. Sorry. It's, it's the amount. It's not like we get it every four years, every once in a while, that it stays in the culture it's like a whole way of life it's a whole yeah. thing and it's just i do not see little trekkies running around i'm just saying and it just blocks out new creative ideas from entering into the cultural mythology see that part right. i don't that part i don't believe that i think that there's room i think there's always room for new mythology i but i think that i think that People there's two sides there's two sides of it because... there's the there's the cultural side slash fandom side and there's the economic side if there's money to be made it's going to continue to be made if if you know it's no it's it's not that much different from marvel that's People what they say want... with sex trafficking but it's not it still doesn't mean it should go on okay <laughs> you just compared star wars <laughs> to sex trafficking Let, mean, let's let's all take a moment let's all take a moment Let's all take a moment and can, and think about what just happened here. Yes, like, I brought up the real topic you, and Star Wars. And what, what exactly do you mean? Never mind. <laughs> can I, can I, let me just say that everybody, everybody was very upset that Baby Yoda ate those eggs. But, were they, were but, they really, though? But can, but can we just say for a moment that the Ewoks eat people? Like, we know they've eaten people. They were about to eat people. They were about to eat the people we love. But they didn't show it, Adam. They didn't show it. Okay. The Ewoks are people eaters. I know. I know. My issue with Star Wars is just that the story is exactly the same every time. Um, like ding, if, ding, I, ding, ding, ding. if I was in control, if I had the J.J. Abrams throne and had the new trilogy... He would um, burn it like that white guy, burning all those masks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you have... You have you have the 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 rebels became the resistance. The resistance, but what were they resisting? They were in control. It didn't make any sense. They're not <laughs> yeah. the resistance. Thank they you, are Carlos. the order. Well, so right. So they it would quickly... have been so interesting if yeah. Wouldn't it have been interesting if the if the, the new trilogy Leia becomes sure. basically the the new Palpatine, and um, and didn't even realize she was doing it along the way. Um, I like that, Carlos. Like, Yes. Also like yes. Ending, ending Star Wars. <laughs> yes, that would have been a good story. And like, not, so you're talking to someone who who didn't get all the way immersed in the extended universe stuff. But you know, I was immersed enough in it to know that it was never going to live up to what I wanted out of sure. the, the the episodes seven, eight, and nine. Because what I wanted out of seven, eight, and nine took place, you know, ten years after the end of Return of the Jedi, not 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Once you make a movie that's set a generation after, you're sort of stuck in that this is the next generation who's following in the footsteps of the previous generation, you know? Oh. And and there's often a lot of replication when you do that, when you do a model that's based on that because you're, it's a nostalgia play, you know? It's, it's the people who were kids now having kids and taking their kids to experience what they experienced. So I understand why a storyteller right. might say, oh, well, let's remix the 
what we gave them and they loved before because we know it works. We'll just do it in a, you know, a more blown out way. But what I had hoped they would do, then my big argument for where they, where I think they screwed up is that they should have never said they were doing a trilogy. Mm -hmm. They knew that they wanted to do a franchise. They knew that they wanted to have Star Wars go on in perpetuity. So they should have just said, we're just going to continue to make Star Wars movies. And this is going, and and we're going to kick off, we're going to kick off Star Wars and expand it into all these different directions. So if you wanted to just get, this one um, Skywalker-based story. This is one branch of the tree. If you wanted to see what happens with Finn and you know his adventures, this is another branch of the tree. Right. You know, and like because they we knew that that's what they wanted to do. We knew that they wanted to turn Star Wars into Marvel. Um, they should have just been open about the fact that they that that was their plan all along. And we're seeing it now with the Mandalorian, you know, we're seeing something that feels more comfortable in its skin, feels more comfortable living in this universe and in this world and opening up all these story opportunities that can get picked up elsewhere. Personally, I think that was the plan, but they couldn't turn down the whatever $10 million of putting out, you know, however many uh, Star Wars movies and then doing a Star Wars theme park and selling all the Star Wars toys. Um, And they knew that by saying they knew that by saying this is the the end of the saga. (laughs) Um, I think they they just made a, a little bit of a mistake in their plans for the future. I mean, yes. it's not a mistake in that it'll pay off for them yeah. financially. They'll be fine. In that they have now announced that they're start of, sort of starting fresh with this new Star Wars universe that happened in the past. Right? The, are that you talking is, about the, um, uh, the High I mean, Republic? Yeah, the, the books, the, the High Republic, the books, yeah. the comic books, whatever TV shows they do. Is... And so I think that that's a mistake. I, I think that what that's kind of doing is like lying the witch in the wardrobe it and creating this fantasy land of stories that they can tell in the past. Whereas if you look at Star Trek Discovery and what they just successfully achieved in, in the most recent episode, I'm not going to spoil anything. Oh, good, good, good. Is that they have now solidified it as a new Star Trek universe thrust into the future with all the appearance of a future universe because if you look at the Star Wars movies and even like Star Trek The Next Generation, we're already living in that world. We already have that technology now. I have my cell phone. I can make energy weapons if I want to. So what they should have done instead is thrust the Star Wars universe into the future, not into the past. Yeah, and but remember, remember, they're, they're, we don't past. know. We don't know when the Star Wars movies take place because it's a long time ago in the galaxy far. I'm so sorry I brought up Star Wars. I mean, in the context of their universe, these stories take place in the past. Walking into traffic. What I'm doing right now. That occur in the past. So in that respect, I agree with you then. They could have brought the Star Wars universe into the Take me, baby dear. And they could have told anything they wanted with no confines and new characters and new legacies, but now they're sort of playing in the fantasy land of the past. And I don't know if that was the best decision in the long run. Yeah. I mean, that I mean, that part, the High Republic stuff remains to be seen. I was more talking about just kind of when Disney took control of the property that, you know, 
they had grand plans and I think they thought that they could just release Star Wars and people would love it. And some people do, but there but there they were always going to be attached to what came before. And there was all there were always going to be these factions about uh, in terms of what they wanted out of new Star Wars, and I don't think they were prepared for that kind of um, split in the fandom, you know. And and they were they were not used to um, non-unanimous. Weirdly enough, you know, because Star Wars has always been somewhat polarizing, they weren't uh, Disney didn't expect penis. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the safe uh, Kia used the safe word so we have to move on <laughs> well, they also failed to lean into their leaning in that they, they, had a, they, they tried to show us things with the casting like Boyega right and and then they, they tried to say oh look what we're doing here and then they got criticism from you know those idiots on the right you know, oh you know they're just casting this for whatever but then we kind of proved them right because then they took Boyega's character and did nothing with it. So it's almost like, yeah, you proved them right. You did just cast him for show and then didn't do anything with it. So I think there's some legitimate criticisms there. Show me your penis. I feel like there are, I feel like there's a lot that I could say, but Key has already said the safe word. So we should move <laughs> on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um I don't have I don't have any more stories. We could talk about the racial draft because that that's ostensibly what we're what we're here for. Um, Carlos, as a as a new fan, a new member of the community, uh, liked like your impressions of the first season in terms of you know the highs and the lows. Uh, I I so I just uh, full disclosure. I binged the entire first season in the last two weeks. So, Shut up! Oh my yeah. god! We need this, to hear from this man. This all started. Uh, I got into this um, to this podcast because Mike and I had a conversation, one of the rarest conversations on Twitter about the electoral college of all things, and I DM'd him like, "Hey, that was civil and awesome, and uh, congratulations to us for doing that." And I clicked on his profile. I was like, "Oh, what is this podcast?" And I listened to it and I was like, yo, I'm all the way in. I'm so geeking out on this. And uh, telling everybody, I know people who don't read comic books were like, please stop telling me about this podcast. Um, just like telling everybody, like <laughs> telling everybody about this podcast over the past uh, two weeks. So yeah, I've listened to the entire first season in two weeks. And so it is very strange to be talking to you people right now because I was oh my god he's like geeking yeah, out right now strange. he's like scanning us like this is so cool. very very strange oh my god yeah, very strange um <laughs> but yeah the the draft uh I thought I I came into it thinking expecting sort of basically like almost like irreverent race jokes in a safe space like yeah. that's kind of what I kind of expected <laughs> um the closest I think I ever got to it was um, S saying, you know, Wolverine was a small, angry Latino man with blades in his hands. And I was like, accurate. And that's what I thought the, this, that's what I thought this was going to be, but it ended up being uh, so much more like, like, um, the, the stories that came out of it. I was like, this, it's really hooked me. I was like, so thoughtful. And I learned so much, um, in, in two weeks. And so it got me thinking like, now I'm reimagining all the characters, you know, 
in in my own image basically and so okay i'm uh, looking forward to hearing yeah. hearing what you what you want to bring to the table in season two don't spoil anything now because... i will not spoil a thing but i will tell you i have nothing for dazzler i'm sorry <laughs> nothing you see our uh, our puerto rican our puerto rican starfire did i yes puerto rican right. jewish starfire yeah we tried <laughs> I mean, out of, but out of all the teams, which one did you like the best, <laughs> Carlos? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I mean, there were three. There were three that I just kept going. They're playing a draft game, and everyone else, is t- <laughs> everyone else is telling these you know great stories and everything. But like, there are three people who realize they're playing a fantasy sport. Um, <laughs> Oh, although, like, yeah, it got me thinking, like, there should be some way to score the backstory somehow to, like, give some sort of... No, don't sort do of, that, because that's the one thing I didn't do. Some sort of scoring advantage, because, I mean, because, you know, the whole season, you guys do know, like, there are half the teams are going for fantasy points and half appear to be going for backstory, and... I know. Oh, wait, the, we were points to, all we along. Were supposed to go for points. There were points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we also there there should have been some sort of scoring system for just how like nefarious the white delegation got. Yeah. Someone, someone was like, "Damn, Blade." Damn. I know he came. He, he, you know, he, he, he lulled us into sleep with, with, with the flash for the first pick. We were like, oh, okay, he's, he's, he's keeping it light. And he's like, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to right after Dazzler is amazing. Yeah. And shout out to um, Eli for like immediately drawing, drawing White Blade. You have you seen the White Blade picture? I don't know that I've seen it. Um, I, I've seen some of the artwork. I don't know that I've seen White Blade yet. I've been looking. Okay, at yeah, I'll, I'll I'll pass that along to you. Um, yeah, so you know, every now and then Eli gets Did inspiration like the- on on one of the characters, and he he, he serves us up. Um, you know, he did a whole one for for Kia's team for the multiracial team, and uh, that came out really well. Oh, the team photo, I, I, the team picture. Yeah. I did see that. And I sent you one when, when I heard um, when I heard a uh, Black Joker, I was like, okay, '90s Chris Tucker would play Black Joker. And and, and you know I, what? It's like, crazy. Immediately, that ne- just like <laughs> that never crossed my mind until you drew it up, and I was like, you know what? I could definitely see it. And people were saying like from the um from like the Fifth Element Joker, like that, you know, that yeah. era Chris Tucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, as far as. I'm trying to ask in the most diplomatic way. Are there any characters that were drafted <laughs> that you might have wanted to see go a different direction? Or just not be picked at all? <laughs> are there char- are there characters who I would have wanted to see go a different direction? Crow. Crow. Say it. I mean, a couple. I was like, "Why are they here?" Yes, there were a couple. A couple. Why are they here? I'll, I'll name those couples. Were they all on one team? <laughs> no, they're not all on one team. No, <laughs> they are not all on one team. Uh, I forget which round. Is it round eleven where people just start drafting uh, anime characters? Goku. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
at yeah. that point, I was like, what are we doing? That's um, when I realized I should have, you know, limited things to the big two. And now, in season two, it's definitely limited to big two. Are, is it all characters are back on the table? Or oh, it... yeah, yeah. We're, okay. it's all, we've, we've reshuffled the deck. Okay. Um, yep. So all characters back at the table. Oh, and that reminds me. Now is as good a time as any uh, to do another drawing for, uh, for draft order. As you know. The Asian delegation has the number one pick in season two. Yeah, yeah. yeah he totally like who's going to be ridiculous. I just want to point out that they don't deserve it because they've never been on this podcast. The, they should go last. The eighth pick is the black delegation. Um, the seventh pick is the multiracial delegation. But seven. we will now decide the sixth pick. Wait. You said the first pick is the Asian Asian team, but then you went back. How did they get the first like, pick? I don't, I don't get it. How did they become the big? Yeah, they should be the last team if that was the first pick. No, we you're did. going backwards. No, I'm doing it for. for... I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear. I didn't hear any of that. Do you know anything about this, Carlos? What did he say? <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to be the official secretary? <laughs> we are. We pull up the minutes from uh, episode. Yeah, pull up the minutes. Pull up the minutes. I, we did the, they won lot- the lottery. Yeah, they won the lottery for the number one pick, but now we're uh, deciding the rest of the draft order. Yeah, so then how am I six if uh, you seventh. pick me third? You're seventh. You're seventh. Yeah. How am I seventh if you pick right. me third? Now I don't we're, see how, I don't how that works. Now we're deciding because it, there's, no, there's no drama if you go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's, an, that's not as fun as counting down from eight down back to two. Well, that makes no sense. You should all. You should have just done one last. Right. I should have. I should have done eight all the way down to one, but I didn't. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what you did. But then, but then you, you have. Just, to, yeah, you have to, to start over. Three. Don't pick number yeah. three. Only pick number two. Because if you pick number three, we'll know who's number two. So really, you should skip number three and then pick number two, and then we'll know who's number three. Hmm. You know what? I think sense? we should start over. In other words, there's no drama. If, in other words, if you get to number three and you pick number three, then we'll know who won number two. Well, so that's no- why I'm I'm leaving. That's why I'm leaving three and two to the same to the same show. So that gotcha. yeah, like there are there are five that, like, there are five picks left. Right. Sorry, yeah, there are five picks left, and there are only two shows left. I just want to point out that you're going to have to do all this over because I was not present when you picked the quote unquote multiracial. Are you saying we should stop the count? I like that. <laughs> yeah, Kia is definitely yeah, saying. Yeah, I totally think it's a redo. Kia's definitely I'm saying it's a redo. I was not present. These are not and legal. And you know what? Picks. Mike likes to not are you, do things. Are you sending right. Rudy like, G in? To... I mean, when I'm not there, he doesn't shuffle. He doesn't shuffle things. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't do shit. Like, they probably, like, because I was not on, he's probably like, because Kia's not here. Let's make her seven. Like, I knew that. He that's, did definitely say, because Kia's not here, she will want to recount. <laughs> <laughs> he said it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Uh, I'm sorry, I need evidence. <laughs> sorry, Kia. So you're just going to have to do this all over next week. So it's okay. <laughs> all right. We are deciding right now the sixth pick. P for Polynesian is going in the cup. L for Latinx going in the cup. 
N. I hope it's Latinx. For Native yeah, American. Native, Native American, not black. N for Native American. <laughs> <laughs> going in the cup. W for white. Going in the cup. And J for Jewish. Going in the cup. What about the Romani? Yeah, I don't trust this. White. white. The white oh, delegation. White. <laughs> There's six again? Oh, yeah, there were six before. One more six, and we'll have some we real know questions. Why. <laughs> <laughs> we just add the six in <laughs> So there we have it. So... Asian delegation, number one, six. That man. <laughs> well, no, remember. They can be blocked. They can be blocked by the poll. Yeah, I am literally going to just put, like, Stay Batman, Batman, Batman. <laughs> Stay tuned for the, <laughs> Stay tuned for the uh, December 6th show. Where everyone will come on and try to block block Batman. <laughs> like, Except me. <laughs> everyone will try to make their case, <laughs> make their case why they can put Black Batman in their poll and uh, potentially steal him away. But um, there we so that was some draft business. Sorry to sorry to jump in. I figured makes made sense to do it now while we were talking about it. Um, yeah, like. You guys, the Latinx delegation finished third, right? I always want to think yeah. that you finished. So the Asian delegation finished second. Yeah. Yes. Distant second, I know. I know, Kia. <laughs> yeah, very distant second. I just want to point that out. But, um, you know, things are going to be different this year. Everyone's got a year of experience, uh, hopefully. I mean... I mean, is it? I mean, you don't know. Like, I have, like, a whole couple weeks until, like, you know... Pretty much majority of the delegation said it's really all about the stories this year. Oh, is, are you going to start? <laughs> really are you going to start encouraging people to pick characters? Oh yeah, for story I'm going like, to like, I'm going to rev the Polynesian team up again. I'm like, ooh, but your story though. <laughs> there were so many episodes where I'm like, I mean, cool story, bro, but they're not going to be in any comic books. <laughs> Wait, Carlos, what did you think about X-23 and the story behind X-23? Uh, you know what? It's my first episode. So... <laughs> I'm telling you, I listened to all of this in the last like 10 to 14 days. No, not going there. <laughs> I will all say right. I hope we get some more Iceman education this yeah. season. Yes. So, all right. So which, which story was your favorite story? How about that? Oh, which story was my favorite story? Oh, that's rough. Let's see. I really, I did really like the Batman story. I thought it really worked. Um, the idea that his parents were killed because of anger that immigrants made it in America. Um, I dug that. Uh, that's my, I think that might be the one that pops out immediately, but... I wasn't expecting to answer this. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Goku was really good. <laughs> what about the crow? You know, there was a 
there was a theme on that team and and i mean it was cool uh honestly i don't know how please tell me about the theme (laughs) that was team that was definitely team vengeance um (laughs) definitely team i i honestly like like uh, real talk i honestly didn't I fully expected Spawn to go to that team like almost immediately. Well, Just you know, Spawn was in Spawn was in the poll, was was in the poll for around, I think round was around oh. twelve or round thirteen. Yeah, it was late. Round twelve, sure. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I was Spawn, just like, that was an oversight. <laughs> I mean, it was just I was like, you have if if Joaquin was going with with vengeance for a theme for almost every character early on, and and an ex-military background, it's like Spawn. Mm-hmm. That's Spawn. Like I, I yeah. The only thing that was, would have been hard to maybe reconcile is the heavy Judeo-Christian um, tradition with Spawn. You know, like it's, it is very oh, much rooted the, in heaven, the and devil, heaven, or whatever, angels. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. So, but but I thought that was a perfect fit. And even like like when he took the crow, I was like, "You mean Spawn, right?" Yeah, that you're that that was that would have been an infinitely better pick. You're right. Um, unfortunately, this year. What what I, what I think we'll, we'll do is we'll have one of our special episodes, and we may do outside of Big Three, just you know, as a special draft, but mm-hmm. not score points. So I don't know, Kia. I don't know if you'd be that interested in it. Yeah, I'm already <laughs> bored. I'm already bored. <laughs> it's the cool story bro episode. Yeah, the cool story bro episode, exactly. Um, but I gotta be bro. <laughs> fair because point. Because only. Yeah, only bros aren't caring about these points and more interested in the stories they can come up with, right? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is exactly I mean, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we will give uh, some kind of bonus point, some maybe kind of bonus points not. for for stories. Don't make me think of a story because my story is going to be like, and then they won. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe we'll maybe maybe I'll I'll think about it. Maybe I'll just give like give a uh, point a point point five point five point. I was like gonna say one point. point. One, you get no one, half a point. Half a point. You get one point if. Whoa! You, don't say anything too crazy right now. Whoa! You better I, you think know, about this. I'm not the best at like the scoring points part in the comic books, but I'm very good at like artsy fartsy stuff. So like any of the points that can be attributed to the more artsy fartsy side of this, I'm all for. Uh, yeah, Adam. I, no, you know what? <laughs> like I said, I already, I'm already incorporating the element this time out. Um, I don't know if you heard. Um, yeah, uh, at this time out, we're 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 incorporating more fan response. So every pick, we're opening it up to fans to give their perspective on, and that is going to also include the story. So, you know, that it, it's a it'll be a different kind. Of scoring, it won't be related to the fantasy comics league scoring, but it'll still be, you know, still be the kind of thing that an axis of competition if people want to compete on that in that respect. Well, and how many yeah, rounds are know, we gonna like, have? Uh, we're still gonna do twelve rounds. You know, I'm thirteen. If, if we could possibly score points based on like costume decisions and the emotional inner life of the characters, that would be great. <laughs> Yeah, or, yeah, what if, like, we dress up as the characters that we, uh, you know, we, put I, on we should get a I point would for that, too. Definitely, I would definitely share that on social media. And we no, get a point, right? You would, you, would be, you would get many points. There would be many points. You know, points of, of concern, 
Points of interest. <laughs> points of reference. <laughs> These are not the points I'm talking about. <laughs> I have a question about characters like Batman who have no superpowers. How mm-hmm. do they score use of powers? In so, so it's really it. So, so you know, as someone who's kind of dabbled with the scoring and the fantasy comics league a little bit, is it's more it's it's a combination of abilities and sorry powers and abilities um so there's things like uh intellect like advanced intellect there's things like technology there's things like vehicles and there's things um things that they might do in the comic that would also score them points so you know i've I, i have definitely been advocating for more point scoring opportunities um one thing that that i don't like about it is if um you know if you fight if you defeat any antagonist, you get a point for that, but you don't get multiple points for defeating multiple antagonists. So, you know, certain characters like Batman, you know, can take out, you know, multiple char- multiple named characters in one fell swoop. Sure. And I, I would like if, you know, you had a character who could do that, if that character could score sort of like upper upwards levels points for that reason, you okay. know, um, someone like batman like there's one there's one thing for tech whereas they're they're all different kinds of tech that a character that's tech-based could use that that kind of limits their scoring if they only get one point for tech even though they're using you know novel tech in in a particular issue so though you know things like that kind of work against them um you know you get you get points if you use a gun you also get points if you use a, a sword you also get points if you use a projectile, you know. So, th- so it tries to be wide ranging, and it, and a character like Batman who is so diverse in the kinds of things that he can do, and opportunities to flex his his vast collection of toys. You know, it. I was surprised that you know over the course of the season, Wonder Woman did so well, um, because like she doesn't appear as much as batman does but when she does appear she's just doing everything right if if colossus fastball specials wolverine does that count as throwing a projectile you know we talked about that we really did talk about that and i i advocated strongly for it but um the way that they clarified it is that it has to be a a weapon that is designed to be a projectile um but you do get a different kind of scoring for if you turn something that's not supposed to be a weapon into a weapon you know so if i picked up um uh headphones if i'm like what's his name um bullseye and i can pick up you know a stapler and and throw it at you and kill you with a stapler you know i would score for that Um, magneto using anything metal all of a sudden as a projectile becomes right okay all right you know but um but yeah i mean i was magneto's a perfect example of a character that kind of gets underserved because he's always using his magnetic powers in different ways but he's only getting scoring for using his magnetic powers see how i was robbed like if he uses a magnet if he uses a magnet to stab someone with a sword he scores for he, he he scores for this the magnet not for the magnetism not for the sword i see you know and mm-hmm. that's that's disappointing 
Because I'd, I'd like... If he uses Wolverine, <laughs> he should be getting scored for six swords. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or ten of swords. <laughs> but, but, you know, they're still tweaking their system. And, you know, we're, we're going back and forth with them. Like, one of the things that they're trying to do in uh, subsequent seasons in, of their leagues of their is, is making the scoring a little bit more uh, personal personalizable. So, cool. you know, maybe, maybe in a future season, we'll be able to get, get the kind of high level scoring that, that I've been, been advocating strongly for, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of the, like, I, I go back and forth like when when I so when I you know a little bit of like background on when what I was thinking of when I came up with the idea is that I knew we needed some kind of way to quantify things but I didn't want I wanted people to ex, 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 um, exercise as much creativity as they could but I also wanted people to take into account that these characters have a profile and these characters mean a lot. To, to the various universes and they don't mean the same thing. You know, a character like Spider-Man is more valuable than uh, Silver Surfer, for instance. You know, it's not, it, whoever your favorite character might be, that that's fine, but Silver Surfer is probably gonna appear in fewer books. He's probably not going to do as much and he's not as well known and identifiable by the masses. And because I couldn't quantify things like that, like I can't quantify, I, I thought about giving like some kind of bonus points for like if you have a TV show, <laughs> um, you know, or a movie and who knows, maybe, you know, maybe I, I'll, I'll work something out um, in, in subsequent years of like a special, special scoring bonus if you, if you have a TV show and let people know um, in advance of the season that, that that could happen. So like if you pick Wanda Maximoff and, Wanda, and she has like eight episodes of a TV show, she'll get like an extra point because she has a show. Um, or Vibe from The Flash. Like no one's picking Vibe otherwise, but he's a main one of the main yeah. characters on the flash right you know i mean that's I mean, we do have time like we, we do have time before the season to talk about it so how do you guys feel about that since i have some some people who are who are uh charged with potentially drafting how would you feel about getting bonus points for how would you feel about getting bonus points for showing up in other media i like it I told you I'm all for bonus points that don't have to do with the comic book. If I can get bonus points for designing their home, I'll I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it wouldn't be it wouldn't distort the process. I wouldn't make it where that counted more than, you know, anything you could do in the comics. But you know, just just a little just a little extra little taste. Like for instance, Miles Morales is in a video game right now. You know? Like the video game came out. Maybe Miles Morales gets gets a couple extra points that you know that week. I would say that in terms of like, usually if a character has a movie coming out or a TV show coming out, they're going to get a bump in the comic books anyway. Yeah, but... the, see, I was thinking that as well. That typically does happen, so it's a you know it 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 does get baked in. But I was thinking that the week that the thing does come out. You, you know, get an extra. like, but either like an announcement involving the character, like a, a 
an announcement that the character's getting a thing, you know, as well as this is the week that the character, you know, gets a thing. Um, I have, I'll need to think about exactly how many points, but, you know, if you have a TV show out, like, if you, you know, if you want to draft Black Lightning for the final season of Black <laughs> Lightning, like, he might not get any points in the comics because his book just ended. Too many ideas. <laughs> you know, because his, his book just ended. But, you know, maybe he'll get some points um, because he's got a show on every week. Yeah, but he doesn't have a show on anymore. And by the time that you actually start counting points, he won't have a show. <laughs> no, that's not true. The show's not coming. I mean, there's a, there's a whole season that it's being canceled for the next season. The, the yeah, next... but within 12 weeks from now, that show should be over. No, the show hasn't started yet. The season hasn't started yet. When does it start? Mm, sometime in 2021. Probably a mid-season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so theoretically, you know, theoretically you get your your Black Lightning not in a book, but in a, in a TV show point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? That That's not a bad idea. You know, if you're on a TV show, if you're on a TV show, you, you'll get an appearance point, but that's it. Like, so it'll be like you appeared in a comic book, but you appeared on the show. But it has to be a first-run show rather than a rather than a, um, a rerun. Okay, what happens if, let's say, WandaVision comes out and uh, uh, any character, um, let's say, let's... Magneto, for just the sake of a character yeah, who probably won't be appearing. Magneto shows up on the show. Let's say Magneto shows up on the show, but WandaVision yeah. ends up having taken place completely in Wanda's mind, and therefore Magneto didn't really show didn't up. Didn't actually appear. What well, happens then? But he showed up because yeah. you saw him. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, typically in the typically the way it works in the, in the comics, I tried to fight for I tried to fight for it, but but they're pretty established that if the character didn't actually appear but it was it was an apparition or a, um you know a, a hallucination then the the appearance doesn't count it actually has to be that That's weird because i think all my hallucinations count <laughs> i mean they count for you they count for you know they count but, to you right jimmy but... shut up jimmy <laughs> um for for a point of clarification do mm -hmm. the disney xd cartoons count I am oh. I am making an executive decision that they will not count. Okay. Because <laughs> that would require me to watch the Disney XD cartoons, uh. and I have to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> um. But yeah, you know, I yeah, I suppose you'll you can get you'll get a point, you'll get a point, one point, if an if a project live action. Uh, you know, movie or television show is announced with you as the lead character. Um, you will get an appearance point for every episode you appear in the in the show, um, and every other character will get an appearance point if they appear on the show. Um, for a movie, you'll get five points if you appear in a movie. That seems fair. Okay. We got to figure out who this Tenoch guy is That's playing. That's a lot for a movie. <laughs> Just name. Yeah, but think about the ep the, te the television show has mo has multiple episodes, right? You know, so the television show could get you up to you know twenty twenty points because you're well, a twenty. But, uh, 
episodes of the flash you know like yeah but i think that like movie wise like just like nowadays especially with like coronavirus and everything else like that like some things might be pushed back but you were like you know if you're like you know planning your points or whatever Uh, that's that is that is a risk you run that is a risk you run trying to draft black widow and uh (laughs) <laughs> trying to time your, trying to time Black Widow, and you know Black Widow doesn't come out. In the season, yeah, only, you know? only. We have an expression for that. It's called "too bad, so sad." <laughs> Adam, we were for. That probably <laughs> happened with some books this year. I would imagine some it happened with a drafted. lot of books this yeah. year. Yeah, there was books that didn't just outright didn't come out. You know that were solicited. So, it, you know, Corona, Corona hurt us. Hurt a lot of people in a lot of different ways. But um, least of all us in our fantasy comics. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have a quick, I have a quick question. Like, mm-hmm. um, Atlas, whatever the last name of Atlas is, I don't know what his real name is. Eli. The, the drawer. Like he Eli. made, he just made a comic. So what if like you pick like a comic book character from a comic book he just made? Like. Uh, well, he's count? well, no, because we're only doing big two this time out. Marvel or DC. So, no more crow, no more the crow. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is dead, dead I mean, on the but crow. That, but that was like, you know, that, that, like, that just made the whole draft better when people actually when they when they punted when they punted on their picks <laughs> it made it better it made it better for you because you didn't have to worry about <laughs> about this competition perhaps yeah it made it so much better what about um D- is it dc is it dark label black label dark label black, black, black. label black label so so the rule that the rule that I tried to stick to for for fantasy comics league purposes is it has to be the mainstream universe. Okay. Um, so there are black label books that ostensibly take place in the mainstream universe. Like I think the Adam Strange book is a black label book. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with Mister Terrific. So those those were scoring. Okay. Um, whereas the uh, Harleen book or like the White Knight. Um, right. whatever it's called like those take clearly take place in, the, in its own separate universe so those wouldn't score okay fair enough yeah I mean from a financial perspective I didn't want to yeah. have to like get every version of every incarnation of a character and try to score that it, it gets a little weird <laughs> yeah mm-hmm yeah, because so. that that happened with our John Constantine because he was yeah, in the main universe, but also in like the Sandman universe. Right. So we had to pick, so we had to just get main universe John. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I I, I haven't been reading the the uh, Sandman universe book. Would he have been scoring a bunch in that book? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, it's not gonna it's not gonna help us to know. I mean, I mean the beauty. Read, but like, I mean, one thing that. Um, so, so uh, Carlos, it sounds like you do play fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. I have, yeah. Yeah. So I think that the fact that we're switching to like the best ball model um, this time out, and you know, everyone will know that they have like a little bit more flexibility in terms of their draft picks. Like if they draft a couple picks that don't score, it's not going to hurt them as badly as 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 uh, in season one would have hurt them. 
Sure. You know, at yeah. this point, you're you're only gonna get you're only gonna have nine of your character score. So if you wanted to do a purely cosmetic pick, if you wanted to just like, for instance, the the whole that you know, because you know the story behind Dazzler, right? Yes. That, yeah. The Dazzler was supposed to be black at one right. point. And I understand that the black delegation wanted really badly to pick Dazzler for that reason. I just think you didn't need to do it in the second round, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like Dazzler would have been there for you in the 12th round. Dazzler would still be there for you. Dazzler would be there for you in the 50th round. <laughs> Maybe not. But, um... Man, that just got me thinking that, like, in a season three, a hypothetical season three, like, if, if full fantasy sports model, like, if you had positions, where it's like you get one tank, you get mm -hmm. one magic user, you get well, one. Well, what's funny is that, so, so, so the thing is, in the Fantasy Comics League, in their standard game, they actually do have positions, but That's I didn't awesome. want to, yeah. you know, I didn't want to restrict people in terms of, you know, the characters that they could draft. Oh, yeah. I remember that now we had to pick like street level yeah and then okay yeah and like mutants because they right, were only right, doing right. like marvel marvel only like avengers level co cosmic character street mm -hmm. level character mutant character but i you know i i like people being able to develop their themes if they want to develop their themes and plus you know with dc you know you have all these like you have the bat family and you have the superman uh universe kind of characters i didn't want to have to micromanage who people were going to pick yeah um but because i know that there are people who are want to want to tell their great stories and they really want to be creative with it they're not going to care about the points really anyway but i still you know from week to week for for two months while we're scoring these we, we still have to talk about what the what the points are going to be like and, you know, this is where I say that we're always trying to expand the community. We're always trying to bring in new voices and give people more opportunities to come up with their suggestions and new characters and new spins on the characters. And we still have two weeks. If you're a member of one of the – if you're not part of one of the eight delegations and you want your delegation to be part of the racial draft in season two, hit me up. I will find a way to get you in. You know, I'll find a way to get a new delegation on the board and we'll work it out. So any other any other uh, thoughts about about season two, what you'd like to see, what you uh, I thank you for for mentioning the whole multimedia thing. That's a good one. Don't all speak at once. <laughs> I feel oh, like every week we should have the best pick and the worst pick. Um, I'm sure you can. I'm, I will rely upon you, Kia, <laughs> to be. That'll be your segment. You'll have a. You'll you have the opportunity to point out who you think is the best pick and who you think is the worst pick. Like I said, I will have access at this point, since every pick will have the fans uh, giving their feedback on. I'll be able to say like what percentage of the fans rated it positively uh, and what percentage of the fans rated it negatively. So we'll have that data for us. Um, so also campaign, get out there, <laughs> you know, when you make your pick, if you want people to, want people to, to uh, praise it, gotta, gotta, gotta promote. 
well, I just want to tell Shep, make sure the legacy of the multiracial team stays intact. Oh yeah, because we have to. We, the other thing that you know Shep has been talking about that we haven't really made a lot of progress on is that Shep runs a a, a role playing game, and he wants to do for season two. He wants to incorporate the racially drafted characters into a season of the role playing game. Do you just like pick things just to make it easy for me? Like I don't know. Like come on, role playing game. Come on, like that's way too easy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Kia, we save that for OnlyFans at Racial Draft. <laughs> it's a totally different situation. <laughs> uh, support our OnlyFans and hey, uh, Mike needs support in both places: <laughs> the Patreon and his OnlyFans. <laughs> right, exactly. Patreon Racial Draft Podcast and um, OnlyFans. I need to acquire that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the racial draft is somewhere. Uh, yeah, I'm but sure. It might be racial dick. <laughs> I mean, look, the, the, with the searches, we we all see the searches that people do. There's there's a there's room for for a racial draft uh, content. We'll just call it. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Any other? I mean, we still got another next week. We'll we'll be able to talk a little bit more about about what we were trying to have thing take shape in season two. Um, hopefully, there'll be more news to to kick around. And um, if no one has any final words, wait, wait. I want to say um, update just for every everybody mm-hmm. on Twitter. I will start using Twitter once I get a better following. So you know, follow me. But I have changed my name officially. To Kia Lisi underscore mother with a U and an A. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, and I guess you can say your, you know, your awesome little phrase there, buddy. And oh, <laughs> by the way, and, and wait, also by the way, on my Twitter, because I feel like we talked about pegging. I don't think that I should promote like my aunt's book on autism, but since we did talk about a serious topic, I will um, on my Twitter feed um, post some. Post some um, books that you guys can listen that you guys can read about autism. Okay. Done by my aunt, but I shouldn't say her name on a podcast that said Peggy. Is, is her name Peg? No. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> oh, Peggy, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> Pegging isn't even in the top four things that I would put. I, there was human trafficking talk. There was exposing children. She's gonna Google her name tomorrow and be like, "What the?" I find it odd that there's pegging in a book about autism, but I'm looking forward to. It. They've done studies. <laughs> I know what the studies say, but again, first episode. <laughs> All right, and on that note. Until next time, all things are possible.